Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, November 29th. We are here live. It is time for Destination Health. It is a Destination Health free-for-all today. We don't have any guests. We don't have a theme. It's totally up to you what we talk about today. So pick up the phone and join me. They are open right now. 855-950-3835. You know, about the only, uh, the only health news I've been reading lately is... Uh, what's going on in the world again? Um, China is reporting some new mysterious pneumonia. Not a whole lot of facts. I've seen some articles claiming it's attacking the young and the old, but I don't believe much of what comes out of China. There are reports now that that same type of mystery illness is showing up in some U.S. hospitals. I think I saw D.C., uh, had a lot of cases. I haven't read anything about deaths yet, but um, a lot of emergency room visits. There's also a lot of anecdotal evidence that people are, are getting sick more often. Um, this cold and flu season started early. It seems like we all know somebody who's been sick, and um, I think there are a lot of reasons for that, and I don't see this getting any better. Really, the only defense I see is doing everything you can to build your immune system. And it's not all that different from everything we talk about every day. Diet, a good real food diet, I think you all know what that means, uh, is the first step. I will also tell you that everything in the stress protocol is good for building your immune system because one of the Biggest hits your immune system will take is when you are in fight or flight mode constantly, which is stress. So when your body is under that kind of stress, your immune system is weakened. So all of the protocols in the stress protocol are good for your immune system. And for the most part, they really don't cost anything. The infrared light therapy um, will cost you something. The others really are free. The One of the best uh, protocols for strengthening your immune system is the Wim Hof breathing. It works in two ways. One, it is lowering your stress levels, which is good for your immune system. And two, it actively helps move lymph fluid around. Um, one of the things that happens during the breathing is it stimulates uh, your lymph system to move lymph fluid around the body, which is a big part of how our immune system works. So the breathing doesn't cost anything. You can download the app free. You don't even need the app. I can teach you how to do it in about 30 seconds. It's not that hard. The cold exposure also very good for stress levels and your immune system. That's free. Even the resistance training, you don't need the X3 bar or adjustable dumbbells or a gym. You can do body weight exercises and make them more intense. So you follow the same methods and procedures, but if you don't have the equipment, you don't have the money to spend on equipment, you can do it with body weight. So three of the four will cost you nothing. The final option, the, the, the red light therapy, infrared therapy, that will cost you some money. If you don't have it, just skip that. 
It doesn't mean the other three aren't going to work. They are still very powerful. In fact, of the four, I would probably say that the infrared light has the least amount of effect on your immune system. It has a ton of benefits, and anything that can improve stress will improve your immune system. But of the four, it may be the least effective. So the way I see it, our only real protection from this madness is going to be keeping your immune system strong. Uh, it's hard to tell if we ever get the real news about this, but um, looking around, it seems like there are a lot more people sick this season. A lot of people having a hard time getting rid of things once they have them. I talked a little about this on Monday that I believe one of the biggest reasons is pretty straightforward, and it's everything that happened during COVID and continues to happen weakens people's immune system. The lockdowns weaken the immune system. Masks weaken the immune system and cause intense stress on the body, which also weakens the immune system. There was virtually no talk of diet or lifestyle to improve your odds against any of these things. In fact, it was the opposite. Everything they did, everything they told you to do, including the vaccine, weakened people's immune systems. Now, what that does is that allows viruses, bacteria, uh, all of the fungal infections, it allows all of them the ability to mutate even more. So what we want in humans is a good, strong immune system. The minute it sees an invader, it reacts and kills that invader off, whether it's a virus, a bacteria, whatever it might be. With a weak immune system, those pathogens live longer in the body, and the longer they live, the more they will mutate. These pathogens are going to get stronger and more powerful. And that means that even with a good immune system, you may fall victim to these. So you really want to focus on making your immune system as strong as you possibly can. If you have any questions about that, you can certainly call me now. Um, you know, I posted this morning just a simple post. I said the last four Lyft drivers I have had, I've been using Lyft a lot on this trip. Um, the last four have all been wearing masks. That's new again. I wasn't seeing that for quite a while, and now four in a row. So I made the comment, and I said, the brainwashing runs deep, and boy, did I get attacked. Well, if they want to wear a mask, they can wear a mask. I, that's correct. They can. And if I want to comment about them wearing a mask, I will. I, I don't understand that. They, you're right. They have the freedom to do whatever they want, and I have the freedom to comment on it. At least I thought I did. I certainly hope I do. I know there are a lot of people that, that wish I would shut up, but I don't plan on it. You know, it, it, somebody also commented that if, you know, in their neighborhood they see Asians wearing masks and gloves and all kinds of things. And, and it, you know, that is more of a cultural thing for them. And it's been that way for a long time, years, decades, I think. I mean, we've seen in the past going all the way back to, I can remember, like 2003, there was another... Uh, virus running around. I can't remember which that one was. And we saw Asians wearing masks then. That's more of a cultural thing for them. Now, it doesn't mean that it works or it's a good idea, but Americans, 
never thought about wearing masks until the government told them to. That's the difference I see here. And and as far as coronaviruses go, COVID, the evidence is very, very clear. They don't work. And there are big downsides to them. They will weaken your immune system. They're just not good for us. They really aren't. I think there's plenty of evidence to show that. Um, all right. Uh, calls are light. If you want to jump in, now would be the time. 855-950-3835. Randy, are you there? Oh, my gosh. It worked. It worked. But, boy, I'll tell you, my phone system is acting weird. It, your call was there. Then it looked like it, it was terminated. Now it's back again. I have a feeling all these issues it's are... It's got COVID. I, maybe that's it. May, I was yeah, talking... Everybody's got COVID. It's got COVID. You, you, yeah. yeah. No, just put a mask on your system. That It'll should be good. That should work. I should try that. Nothing else seems yeah. to be working, so... <laughs> Other than being a uh, oh call, yeah. call test dummy, anything you want to talk about today? Well, you know, it's been, gosh, life. Life just gets in the way. I've been off the phone and haven't listened to your show in several months. And I used to call in from time to time to talk about things. But, you know, life just gets in the way. Um, fell off the wagon. Uh-oh. Started eating a little bit of the standard American diet again. It sneaks back in. Oh, okay. Are we there? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. okay yes. Yeah. I was saying the, uh, if you're not careful okay. that, that, that food can sneak back in on you. It, it can, it snuck back in and, you know, and I know immediately I can tell just the way I feel that, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, within two days I can feel pain and discomfort in my hands. My hands will go to sleep at night. That is my, that is my big number one tell isn't that, that crazy too many carbohydrates and that have gotten inflammation yeah, yeah it's, it's immediate that that's i we hear it all the time I, i've experienced it it's been a long time though i i really try hard not to cheat um and being on the road i, I have been much much stricter on my diet even than normal and my diet's pretty strict as it is but uh, on the road i've been even I think stricter when you're on I, the road you have it well yeah, I think you have to be more strict on the road because it's there's so much out there to, you know, try to sneak in. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, I I agree you need to be and and that's why I did it. I decided while I was on this trip I was going to stay really strict and and this time it's it's more carnivore than keto. Uh, pretty high fat version of carnivore and the the results are really good. And honestly, when I'm alone, it's easier. I mean, it, it, there's, you know, I just don't have any food in the coach with me that I don't want to eat. So there, and my diet's never been bad, not in the last nine years. But, you know, I, I start to snack a little more at times, go for a little more of the sweet snacks. Yeah, that, yeah and, and and after a while, you right. notice. The holidays don't help. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, I, you know, I did pretty good at Thanksgiving. I, um, I don't worry about carbs during Thanksgiving. I don't go overload, you know, but I, but I don't eat grains or seed oils or any of that other stuff. I, you know, a lot of turkey, right, some mashed potatoes, right. some sweet potatoes, and I don't get too crazy about the carbs. Yep. I eat some cheesecake. Um, and, and you know what? After a meal like that, I really didn't feel bad at all. Uh, now, if I were to eat that way every day, I think after a week or two, it would start to catch up to me and I'd feel it. But a meal here and there, um, not a big deal. 
So yeah. it, it, to me, it's just more proof yeah. that that the the more we we're careful of what we eat, the better we can feel. And it's just a matter of finding that balance sometimes. Right. And I think, you know, if you if you are fat adapted and you try your darndest to eat a, a real diet, real food, you know, real carbs in the form of, you know, potatoes and sweet potatoes, you know, these are the vegetables that haven't been highly manipulated. The potatoes that we have today available to us are the same potatoes that they grew in Ireland 4,000 years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, they and, might be you know, they might be GMO modified it, or it, genetically modified for pest control. Not, but, not the potatoes I eat. As long as you, as long as you <laughs> are getting organic, and somebody's not lying, um, organic is not allowed to be GMO. Right, right. That's true. That's true. But, so, it, but in terms of you know, like the apple or the banana or any piece of fruit you buy in the store today is not a representation of what is a natural piece of fruit. No, not at all. Um, the original natural banana no. wasn't even edible. No, no. And I, I really have to wonder what ever got anybody to think that a crab apple was something to propagate and hybridize and try to make better. I, I can remember eating wild crab apples when I was a kid. And you could only handle about four or five bites of that. They were so sour and hard. And, yeah, it, but, you know, we did it just because it was cool to pull something off of a tree and eat it. But you didn't really enjoy it. Right, right. And even oranges. You know, a lot of, lot of citrus fruits originated as kumquats or some variation of that. Right. Totally, right. completely non-palatable food. Well, and... One of the, yet, here we are today. One of the biggest groups of vegetables that we eat a lot of didn't exist in nature at all. The um, right. Uh, what's what's the name I'm thinking of? It's uh, broccoli, cauliflower, the cabbage. Yeah. The, the uh, yes, the brassicas. The brassicas, right? That well, all yes. was you know, hybridized that, from the mustard plant. Yes, and 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 genetically. A broccoli plant is exactly the same as a mustard plant. They, know, if you, that's, that's what they grew all of the brassicas from was from the mustard plant. They got all of these other veg yep. vegetables that we think are natural. And I'm not saying they're genetically modified. I'm not saying that that's very different. But they didn't exist no, that way in over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah, and and the point right. is that our hunter gatherer ancestors did not eat that food; it didn't exist. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's not that it's it's not that it's bad. It's just you know when it was eaten, it wasn't eaten in the in the same kind of volume that it's eaten today. Right. Some of it was never eaten at all because it didn't exist. Try to eat a well, mustard plant and be satisfied. And honestly. Who really likes broccoli unless you put a bunch of butter and salt and pepper and, and all kinds of other things on it? Nobody likes broccoli. It's awful. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and even garlic. You know, I grow, I grow a lot of garlic. And the original native garlics were no bigger than your pinky nail. Right. I know. Yeah. The, the other one that gets me because— you know, now I'm we have a lot of it in our area. Um, I, I have wild carrots everywhere. I, I don't know why they're so abundant oh, yeah. where I am, but, you know, it, it's crazy. You can immediately identify it, but a wild carrot has this big, huge... Uh, 
leafy top, big, full leafy top. And I'll look at it and go, wow, look at that carrot. And you pull it out of the ground <laughs> and it's, it's not even as big around as a pencil. And if you try to eat it, it's so bitter, you can't stand it. Right. Well, the carrot is one of the very few vegetables that's actually indigenous to North America. Most all vegetables are subtropical. Yeah, right. You know, so, or they come from Eurasia. But the, car- the carrot is actually indigenous to North America. Yeah, just that's try, why they're everywhere. Just try to eat a wild carrot. They're yeah, awful. You, you're not going to do it. No. <laughs> you're not going to do that. There, there isn't enough butter to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, sadly, I don't think you're going to feed our human population the way it is on meat alone because I don't think we have the ability to raise that much beef. We, well, we absolutely do. That's the thing. It's not even questionable. Do you realize that, and I know we can't go back to I, I this, think- but do you realize the number of bison that existed on the plains before we wiped them all out is about the same number of cattle we have in the country today? Oh, I know, I know, and that's what. But I'm saying we can we could feed we could feed North America on beef. I don't think well, we could feed the world oh, on well, beef. Well, whoever said we were responsible for feeding the world? I get <laughs> it. You're right. We right, can, we exactly. can't. But yeah. each each country. Yeah. I mean, it's up to them what they want to do. I, oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm more concerned well, no, here. I think if each, we each state, each city, each town, I'm only responsible for who feeds my family. Exactly. I, I, and we do know that we could easily feed this country with animals, cows, pigs, chickens. We could raise more wild, uh, domesticate some more wild, do deer, bison. We already do a lot of bison. Um not only could we feed everybody and they would be significantly more healthy when we do it right, the earth will become healthier. And I am, I I am kind of a tree hugger. Absolutely. I I know that surprises people, but I, I love nature and I want it to stay the way it is. So the conservative Republican, we are the environmentalists. Yeah. You know, against, against what everybody might think. I mean, you and I aren't going to go chain ourselves to the front of a bulldozer to stop a logging operation. Correct. But we are the conservationists. And since you brought up logging, where's the problem? I mean, that's that's an industry that has done amazing things. They plant more trees than they harvest. And as long as we keep doing that, and I'm fine staying away from old growth forests. Leave them alone. We don't need need to to. mess with those. We know how to grow trees fast enough and we've been doing it long enough that that is, I I think, um, one of the better industries. I don't think we need to. And and I live in logging country. I'm right smack in the middle of it. So, uh, you know, that's where people used to, and I guess they still do once in a while, chain themselves to trees. And that's where the whole tree hugger thing came from. But honestly, they're trying to protect the old forest and I get it, but yeah. And and I can agree with them on that. We don't need to cut down those trees anymore. We did it for a while. I think we should stop. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we 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 could more lumber than harvest nowadays. We, we could raise our animals so much better and it would be better for everybody. Oh, if every if if every piece of we're just going to call it beef for the sake of we'll include sheep and goats and all ruminants. Yeah, but you know if everything was raised on pasture, it, you know it, everything would be healthier. Yes, 
from yeah. the people to the planet. Yep. Yep. It's um, it, it, it is awful what we've done to the land and the water. The, the Gulf of Mexico has been decimated by what we do in the Midwest farming. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and what's sad about it is, you know, of all the corn grown, less than 7% of it is actually turned into human food. You know, I have mixed feelings about that. The corn isn't human food, so I guess <laughs> it's a good thing. None, but, none, well, but, right. I mean, essentially, none of it should be turned into human food. Right. But here's the crazy thing. Even though only 7% gets turned into human food, the the one thing out of the book, um, The Omnivore's Dilemma by Michael Pollan, that absolutely shocked me. Yep. And I, I'm yep. probably going to get the number a little wrong. But I believe when they took the Big Mac meal, so it was a Big Mac fries, a Coke, and I think an ice cream cone or a sundae or something, and they analyzed where the calories came from, I believe in that (laughs) that meal, which doesn't have any corn on the menu, but I believe somewhere around 60 or 70% of the calories in that meal come from corn. Well, and I think that of the 7% of the corn grown for human consumption, 50% of that 7% is turned into corn syrup. I, I, I could believe that. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, that is that is the number one biggest way that corn is consumed is in the form of corn syrup. Well, well I guess, you, you know, know, and next is corn oil and... Yeah, people are always shocked when I, you know, when they're drinking a soda and I look at that and I say, are you enjoying your corn? But 100% of the calories in soda come from corn. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. You know, and I think if you, I think if you ate corn on the cob when it was in season, you know, it's not going to kill you. No, no, it won't. I don't, but but to have it, it, I I don't believe it adds anything to your health. No, and I don't think its nutritional profile is deep enough to go gaga goo goo for. And it's got some issues. You know, I mean, there there are definite issues with corn. You know, you had mentioned potatoes earlier. Uh, potatoes are a nightshade. They they kind of tell us, you know, nightshades could be a problem. I have zero issues with nightshades. I, tomatoes, peppers, potatoes. Right. They, I, I have no problems with those whatsoever. I can have those in my diet and have no ill effects from them at all. Yeah. You know, question, you know, like everything that we have been told, I even question whether nightshades are even a problem for us. I mean, a tomato is a nightshade. A potato is a nightshade. Peppers, all the um, chilies. And, and again, peppers I, I, are nightshades. Right. Yeah. I, I just I've I've cut out yeah. nightshades. I've eliminated them from my diet once I did it for up to 90 days and I saw no improvement. When I bring them back into my diet, I see no downsides. So maybe there are some people that are sensitive to nightshades. I don't see them as a problem. I think for, you know, for, you know, everything that is a toxin, when it's used in a managed dose, can also be medicinal. So I, I, I believe know. that. Yeah, there the plants. Plants you know, make better take, medicine than they do food. No, I agree with you. I think plants make better medicine than they do food. And if we look at hunter-gatherers, as long as animal products were plentiful, they didn't eat plants. They just didn't. They only ate plants when there was no animal food around. But 
our traditional medicine men and shamans did use plants. They used them as medicine. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. You know, apothe- apothecaries all across ancient Europe, you know, were full of medicinal plants. Yes. Yeah. You know, and they understood how to use them. Yep. We and, don't, but they did. Yeah, we don't. Um, it's... Um, I, I, but I think that that's becoming more and more obvious all the time, that the real human diet is very heavy animal-based. Yes, yes, it, it needs to be. You know, we're just not, we are not built. One, you know, a forager is going to starve to death. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you live in the right part of the country and you have enough land to cover and you know what you're looking for, you could eke out a living but I don't think you're going to be healthy. I'm I'm not convinced you could. I'm really not. Not year-round. I'm just not convinced you you could survive on plants alone in the wild. Now, if you have access to a grocery store, you're probably okay. Um, You're not going to be healthy, (laughs) but you won't starve. But you're probably... Everything right, right. I've, you're going to make it day to day. Everything I've seen about trying to survive in the wild is you can't do it on plants. Just can't happen. I don't think you can. I, no, I, I, don't, I, I don't think you can. I think there are, yeah, there might be parts of the country where people have figured out how to survive on mangoes and papayas and coconut. You know, if you live in one of those island countries, but right. you know, you're probably still going to you're probably still going to eat a fish from time to time if you can't find enough seaweed on the beach. I, I think so. But for the bulk, yeah. But for the bulk of the population that lives in the northern hemisphere, that is not an option. No, not even close. Not even close. And and again, it's one thing to farm that kind of stuff. To to go back and think you're going to survive on that kind of food in the wild, it's almost impossible. Certainly in our country, you wouldn't be able to do it. I don't think you could do it. I think. Well, and, and again, and I think you, you know, you, you as an individual, if you're highly knowledgeable, you might be able to eke out a living, but you're not going to feed a family. You're not oh, going right. to take care of a, right. a tribe. Yeah. You know, a community isn't going to get it done. You know, there will be no sustainability of the species. No, nope. that's what you're dependent on. Nope. That seems pretty clear. All right, Randy, thanks for uh, volunteering to be our crash test dummy. Um, good stuff. Let's get to some phone calls. Phone lines are open. It is a destination health free-for-all. We got off to a little bumpy start again this morning, but uh, we recovered. So let's get to it. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Bill, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. What can I help you with today? Good. I was wondering what I might need to take to improve my stats on my NutriQ. All right, so I've got a comparison here. Looks like you did a NutriQ in 2022, and then again, just about a year apart, September of 2022, September of 2023. Um, here's the good yeah, I news. I got a little better. Uh, here, here's the good news, the thing I was talking about today. Uh, in 2022, your worst category, um, and it wasn't horrible. You were about halfway up the medium priority. Um, was your immune system. You scored a six. Uh, now right. now your immune system is down to a one. That means you've got a good, solid, strong immune system. There's no problems there. Um, cardiovascular, kidney, all that is fine. Um, it looks like we went backwards on some things, and I'm trying to look for a pattern here. My guess would be um, your NutriQ in 2022 was, was good. 
everything was in the low priority range other than the immune system. You fix that, the immune system's good. You're still, on your new one, everything is in the low priority still. But you have a couple things that have touched the line and are heading into medium priority. So I think it's a, it's a good thing you're paying attention to it now. Uh, my guess would be, if I had to look at this, is at, at one point you were lower carb and you've allowed more carbs back into the diet again. I mean, I think that's all I'm seeing here. Yeah, um, the only carbs I really eat is um, like baked potato. And I more or less eat uh, a baked potato with my Kerrygold butter. <laughs> Which is fine, but I, if, if anything that I'm yeah. seeing, your sugar handling um, got worse. That's just a direct result of carbohydrates. There's nothing else that would cause okay. that. So, it, 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 so give, me, from, uh, give, give me some history. Where Have you ever been diagnosed as diabetic or pre-diabetic? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, were you overweight? Uh, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I've, since I started eating, I started listening to you in like 2016. And then I started you cutting stuff out, and I've lost like seventy pounds. Okay, then, and I've that that's... I've kept it off for like four or five years since then. That's what I was looking for because that that is the piece I needed. Um, when you're seventy pounds overweight, you were pre-diabetic. I can guarantee it. So you had insulin. I'm sure res- I probably was. Yeah. So you you had insulin resistance, and didn't heal it completely and even small amounts of carbs over time can cause this now i'm not seeing anything here i'm worried about like i said you're still in the low priority on everything but if i see one thing sliding it is your sugar handling the best way to fix that if you want to if you think there's a problem um, i would just cut back on the carbs again well one of the main problems is like I'll, um, I'll, my hands and arms will like bruise easy. It's like if I just tap my hand on something, I'll get a bruise. Now, yesterday, I bumped my hand into a, a corner of concrete and they cut it, but I didn't get no bruise. I, I can't. <laughs> it's odd. It's like the simplest little hit on my hand will give me a bruise or my arm. But yeah, I don't like if I hit it on something like that. I don't have it here. Is that on, something on this, to do with sugar or? Well, it could be several things. I don't have it here. How old are you? I don't have that on the chart. Uh, 57. Okay, so you started roughly around 50 um, to work on this. The um, If you're concerned about the bruising, that, that's more of a circulatory cardiovascular issue. Um, I might recommend a consult with Dr. Wolfson. I would say, though, uh, keep your diet clean, get the carbs cut back to a level where we start to see the sugar handling improve again, um, and that bruising issue should improve. Okay. That's what I need to know. That was my main concern. Yeah. It, it, uh, are you, what kind of supplements are you taking? I just mainly drink the NDK coffee with the collagen in it and... Some either vitamin D drops or the A, D, and K drops. Okay. And uh, apple cider vinegar every morning. Got it. Got it. Uh, you, you, may wanna, you, you may want to add Cardio Miracle and see how you feel. Yeah, okay. I got some of that, too. I take it off and on. 
Yeah, I, I would I would make that pretty regular for a while, and I would do the full two doses a day for a while and see what happens. Okay. And then I'll if the um, if the bruising really is an issue and it continues, then I would definitely recommend a consult with Doctor Wolfson. Okay, that's fine. Anything else I can help you with today? Uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Give me a call back. Let me know how things are going with this. Let's uh, let's go to Connecticut. Ron, are you there this time? Hey, good morning. How are we doing today? Doing good. What's on your mind today? All right. Fantastic. I'm glad you got everything fixed. Uh, I was listening last week, and you dropped kind of a bombshell and then didn't talk about it, but you had mentioned about... Uh, up to this point, we're talking about going with grass-finished beef, and you said last week that uh, your your mind may have changed about it, that uh, just eating regular beef might be okay. I would like you to talk about that a little bit more if you could. Yeah, let me try to explain where I am on that. I still always yeah. seek out animal products that are raised properly, always. I'll pay the extra money. I go through the hassle. I'll get it from local farms. I'll do whatever I have to do to get the best quality animal products I can eat. So that's my stance on this. I don't think the difference is as big as we once thought it was. So when I see that being a problem for people, when I'm dealing with somebody and they say, you know, I want to do this carnivore thing, but... But, you know, I, I wish I could just stop at my regular grocery store. I don't want to have to go find all these places and order my meat. If that's the, if that's the hurdle that they can't get over, then I'll tell them, forget it then. Just go eat meat. Eat eggs. I don't care where they come from. They would, it, it will be 10 times healthier than the standard American diet. If you do a keto carnivore and your meat is not pastured and grass-fed and finished, you are still going to be way healthier than not shifting away from the standard American diet. So that's the only way my advice has changed is that don't let that be the reason you don't do this. Okay, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, I noticed when I first started this whole journey a couple of years ago, I was just eating you know, from local butcher. And then I started, uh, I found uh, two farms within an hour of me and uh, I was just getting all, you know, grass fed, grass finished beef. And uh, the beginning of this year, I, you know, hit some financial issues. So I had to go back to just getting it from the store. And uh, one thing I noticed about going with grass finished was, you know, I, I was doing great with, with, you know, keto and all that stuff. I lost all the weight, all that stuff. But my joints never hurt. Like, I broke my back when I was younger, broke my knee when I was younger. None of that stuff. All, all those pains went away. And uh, when I had to go back to eating store-bought beef, I noticed within a day or three, you know, I woke up in the morning, my knee hurt, my back hurt, you know. And then I went back to, recently I went back to regular, you know, to the grass-finished meat, and I I feel fantastic again. <laughs> you know, and, and, and we hear that. We also hear the opposite, that some people really don't see a difference. Uh, I, like I said, I'm, I'm committed to eating animal products that are raised properly. And even if you told me there was very minimal impact on my own health, I would still do it because it's the right way to raise animals for the planet, for the animals, for, for everybody involved. So... 
even if you convinced me that there wasn't a health benefit, and I believe there is, I, I have to believe that an animal eating its natural diet, just like us, is going to be healthier, and that has to be healthier for us. But again, I don't want people to say, for you, for example, if you would have said, look, you know, my, my budget changed, I can't afford that meat anymore, and you went back to eating cheap ramen noodles and, you know, mashed potatoes all the time, and it, it, you, your health would have deteriorated rapidly. So I, I would much rather see somebody just say, hey, look, I, you know, I'm going to get all my meat at Walmart because that's what I can afford right now. You'll still be far healthier. I mean, honestly, I would have ate roadkill off the side of the road before going back to Good. that diet. Good. I had, a, I had a lot of bad issues. You know, it, it, I was, you know, I had some bouts of depression, bouts of suicide. Uh, yeah. And all that went away. Yeah, you know, all that went away when I gave up. Because I noticed now I'll go to somebody's house and, you know, what are you having for dinner? I was just having, you know, meatloaf. And I'll have the meatloaf. And, you know, 20 minutes, a half hour later, I'm like, you. You put bread in this, didn't you? I mean, right. I can feel it. I can feel it changing in my body. Uh, it's, you know, my, my brain gets a little weird. I know. Everything starts to burn again. <laughs> let, let me give so, people another I think, tip. I, I don't think we've talked about right. this enough. You know, we talked about organ meats. Uh, and, and organ meats, honestly, are cheap, but we're not going to survive on organ meats. Organ meats are something we should eat once or twice a week if we really want those nutrients. Um, there was a time we pushed the organ meats a little harder. I backed off a little bit on that. Um, here's the thing we don't talk about, though. If I had other than organ meats, if we're going to eat muscle meat, which is what we primarily eat, do you know what I now believe the most healthy cut is? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to... It's going to surprise everybody because we think of this as the worst ground meat of any kind. Ground beef, ground chicken, ground lamb, ground pork, ground bison. It, it, it's muscle meat plus fat plus sinew and, and gristle and, and all those other things that we don't like to eat. That makes it more nutritious than any cut of steak. True. So That's eat, true. Yeah, I, eat I make more ground beef. Yeah, I, I do that. I'll go to, well, this farm I get my stuff from. Uh, he'll sell me just bags of trimmings, you know, livers, hearts, you know, what, whatever. I'll just get a, you know, I don't even know what's in the bag half the time. Yeah. I just know it's just, you know, fat trimmings and trimmings. And they also do lamb and stuff there and pigs and all that. So a lot of times I'll just get a, you know, 15, 20 pound bag of trimmings from everything. And I got a pretty big grinder and I throw it all in with that- some more fat and that's the I'll, most I'll, nutritious. I'll yeah. Every animal has a slightly different nutritional profile. So when you start combining right. animals, you start eating all the bits and pieces because you're, you're throwing it in there. Those are loaded with collagen and, and all kinds of other things. So mixed ground beef is probably the healthiest way to eat meat. That's great because I eat a lot of ground beef. Good. Good. <laughs> okay, the other... The other question I have is, I, I know uh, a little while ago you were you were talking about carnivore and uh, uh, fermented vegetables, or you know, like like cabbage and stuff with with the carnivore. Are you still thinking that's a good idea? Because I like right now I'm mostly all carnivore, but I I get super bored with it, and I have a lot of fermented kimchi and stuff like that. Is you know, is it still okay to you know to do to 
to do that with a carnivore? Absolutely, I still do. Uh, my my version of okay. carnivore isn't true carnivore. It, it's carnivore-ish, okay. but I allow um, fermented foods and fruit. Little bit of fruit. I like fruit. I you know if I eat one banana a day or an apple with some nut butter. I have zero negative effects from that, uh, and I enjoy it. I, I doubt that it's adding to my health in any way, but I don't believe it's taking away from my health either, and I enjoy it. Now, the fermented foods, I believe, do add to our health. I, I, that was a treat. You know, I've talked about this before. My guess is that most of the food hunter-gatherers ate was fermented, not by design, but because they didn't have refrigeration. You kill an animal and let it sit there for a couple of days and you're still eating on it. It's fermenting. It's being changed by bacteria. So, so I think fermentation, even when we didn't do it purposefully, was part of our diet. And, and so I, I do believe that it, we do know that hunter gatherers ate the stomach contents of the animals they killed. Those were fermented plants. Yeah, those were fermented plants. So I, I do believe that one for variety alone, um, fermentation takes away some of the problems in plants. It lowers the oxalate count. It lowers lectins. Um, it breaks down fibers, so we have access to more nutrients. So I, my version of carnivore allows, um, and when I eat fermented food, it's more like a condiment. You know, if I have a, a big steak and eggs, I might have a quarter of a cup of kimchi. And it's a, it's a nice little variety piece. It kind of palate cleanser. There's some a lot of flavor there. And I, I do believe that that probably adds to our health, and I don't believe it takes away from it. Yeah, that, that's what I do is I'll make a big steak or, or two, and then I'll I, I probably maybe three-quarters of a cup or a cup of uh, uh, sauerkraut. And uh, my, mine's been – actually, the one I'm eating now – it's been sitting for over a year, so it's it's really good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, I also love tripe. Now you're you're saying about eating the contents of the stomach, but I also eat the stomach. And I just found uh, how to do uh, beef tongue in the in the instapot, and I was very uh, apprehensive about it. But let me tell you, it's better than any roast I've ever had. It's really really good. Beef tongue, I know it freaks people out, but beef tongue is really yeah. good. Beef tongue tacos are amazing. Yeah, I, I think tongue, when and when you learn how to cook it, it's not hard. Put it in a pressure cooker or a slow cooker. Uh, I've smoked beef tongue and then slow cooked it. Uh, it. It's one of my favorite cuts. I should probably eat it more. Yeah, that, that's my next adventure is throwing it on the smoker. You know, get a nice smoke flavor and then throw it in the instapot or, uh, or something. You can it, even I, you can even just I, slow cook it on the smoker like ribs. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can leave, you know, I I, I, I tend to smoke at uh, under 200 degrees, so 185, 190. Right. Um, you smoke a beef tongue at, at 185 or 190 till it just falls apart. I'll have to try that. Yeah, I have a regular smoker and I have a pellet smoker and the pellet smoker is a little bit easier to control the temperature, and I don't, have to, I don't have to fuss with it as much. It's just it doesn't give as heavy as a smoke flavor, but so nice. I've but, actually uh, got my Traeger um, has a super smoke option, and as long as I'm under 225 uh -huh. degrees, you can kick in the super smoke, and I get lots of smoke flavor on my meat. Oh, 
okay. Yeah, I, I bought a smoke tube and did the smoke tube along with the smoker, and that seemed to help a little bit, but the added fuss of the smoke tube, I'm just, you know, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I wanted the pellet smoker just because it was easy. I, I, I love to cook, and I, I wouldn't mind babysitting a, a, you know, a wood smoker if I had the time, but I, the results right. out of a pellet smoker... Um, are pretty incredible, and it really is set it and forget it. I mean, seriously, I put the meat on the smoker, I set the time and temperature, I walk away, I come back when the time's up and it's done, and I don't do anything else. Yep, yep. actually, for Thanksgiving, I did a turkey. Uh, it was like a 18-pound turkey, and I set it in the morning, and you know, did what I needed to do, and I actually left the house and went shopping and stuff right. for about three hours, came back, and, yeah. you know, it was, you know, it was almost, almost done. I just had it sprayed a couple times, and I the, love it. It's, it changes everything. Well, the other advantage, if I'm doing something long, like a big bone-in pork shoulder, you know, typically that's going to be a 12- or 14-hour smoke for me. Oh. And the beauty of the pellet yeah. smoker is I can start it at 6 o'clock in the evening if I want, let it go overnight by itself because I don't have to babysit it or do anything. And the next morning, my pork shoulder's done when I want it. Yep. Yeah, I do a lot of brisket and I do a lot of meatloaf, bacon wrap meatloaf. And I'll, I'll put them on at the same time and I'll pull the meatloaf off. And then a couple hours later, I'll pull the brisket off and I have dinner for the week. Yeah. So, yeah. There <laughs> you, you know, go. Work. Yeah. All right, my friend. That's all I got. Thank you so much. You have a beautiful day. All right. Good talking to you again. Let's uh, let's go to Terrence in South Carolina. Terrence, you there this time? Yeah, I don't know what I couldn't hear you. That it, obviously was something wrong with the phone. Yeah, it was me. It was on our end. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that you got back to that. What you said about about the regular meat, because when I first started, it, you know what I mean, uh, doing keto and all that, and, and then just eating the meat. I, I swear, I, I would just go and buy bacon at the at, yeah. at, at that time. I was in Wisconsin, so they had a Piggly Wiggly. So whatever Piggly Wiggly supply was, right. I'd go in there and buy five or six pounds of you know one pound bacon things, and I would just throw the bacon in the oven on the, on you know on the, on the street pan, and I would just eat bacon and take I'd put it in a you know, Ziploc bag and take it in the truck with me and eat you know what I mean so it was like a snack, right. but I just. And again, I lost you know a bunch of weight, and and I felt a whole lot better. But I mean, I know you're saying the I hear you, the grass fed though is like the flavor is so you know so if you, to, to to leave it you know to not, to, to go back to regular meat, I can tell the difference all the time. Like I got to make an order for for uh, grass fed stuff. But I just haven't put all the well, bullshit going. I just haven't done it. You know, I, I, I will say this the, about flavor. I prefer the flavor of well-raised animals across the board. I, I like the stronger, gamier taste of grass-fed beef. Um, chicken, chickens that are pastured and, and running around outdoors eating bugs and getting sunshine taste way better than uh, factory farm chicken. And pork. I've talked about the pork supplier that I use. It's the most incredible pork I've ever tasted. So if you can afford those things and it's not too much of a hassle, that's where I get 98% of the meat I eat. Um, I could only bring so much of that on the road with me, and I'm out. So I am currently eating conventional whatever I get at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. 
and I, I haven't but noticed any, any, any negative health effects of that. I, I've been doing it for about two weeks now, and I'll be doing it for probably another two weeks before I get home, and, and I don't think I'm going to feel any different. But long term, for lots of reasons, I will continue to buy well-raised animals. Yep, yep. But, but I, I would never I want that, somebody uh, to say, I can't go do that keto or carnivore thing because I can't afford or I, I don't want to hassle with all that, that meat. Yeah, that, that's, just, that's, just, that's, just, that's just, yeah, just, just go eat whatever meat you can find. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, but I got, uh, that U.S. Wellness has a really good, it's like 70, 30, and that's got the kidney and the liver in it. The, the, that, that flavor of that, the chi- like you make chili with that or something is is like unbelievable. Because at first when I got it, Leanne would she's like, I'm not eating it. I don't like liver. I said, trust me, just try it. So one day she, you know, she likes chili. She made up a thing of chili with it and came up, came home. She goes, man, that smells so good. I said, well, wait, do you taste it? <laughs> and ever since then, now I, you know, so we used to make the, we make chili, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, it, it's amazing. Good, good. So I had a question about histoplex. So, well, another good thing is uh, she's starting to ask questions. She's questioning these doctors. So I didn't go. I didn't go with her on the first, you know, Monday, and she drove herself the last yesterday and today to go get the chemo. So she's doing good, but she's starting to ask him questions. And, oh, and, good. And, and, and uh, you know, yeah. So I, I feel a whole lot better about that because I was trying. I could all, you know, what I mean, I can only. You know, ask my questions and then try and get right. her to ask questions. I can't, you know, you know that you can't pull up on anybody. But right. she comes and goes, I don't know if I want to take this. So I was like, all right, well, tell me what it is. You know, let me give, give it to me. And I looked at it. And she, like, found some study on this one thing. I forget what it was. And I was like, at least she's she's questioning oh, right. them. So right. I feel a hell of a lot better. Yeah. But you know definitely. what I mean? I like getting something accomplished. So, But um, other than that, you know, she's Did- uh, doing good. It's just... Did you have a question about the histoplex? Yeah, well, no, no, because they're giving us some a patch. I forget what it, the patch is. I, I don't have the name on it, but it's, they said, well, you're probably going to get flu-like symptoms from it. So as you go to the doctor and the, the, the nurse practitioner, oh, you know, just go to the store and pick up some Claritin. And I'm like, well, what? You know, Claritin is so, a bag of shit anyway. I mean, yeah. So. <laughs> So the, here's here's the difference, and this is almost always the difference between pharmaceuticals and supplements. Um, Histoplex will accomplish the same thing as Claritin; it just takes longer, and it's not as powerful. Longer, you know. If, right. if I take a Claritin, right. which oh, is a, an antihistamine, I mean that's what these drugs are. So we we. We get histamines in our body. They can build up, and they're they're irritating to a lot of things. Histamines cause us to sneeze, to cough. They can cause us to itch. Um, there's lots of negative effects to having a histamine overload. It, it makes it hard to sleep. Histamine is um, kind of like an excitotoxin, so it ramps up our, our fight-or-flight reaction and makes it harder to sleep. So... Most, if you remember, most of the early antihistamines caused a lot of drowsiness. And that's because when they knocked down the histamine level, you got tired and your body said, hey, we could use some sleep here. Um, But then they came out with all the non-drowsy. And they did that with with basically um, amphetamines of some kind. 
it's a mild amphetamine, but that's also why they had to put all of those non-drowsy antihistamine products behind the counter because that's yeah, how people made meth. Made meth. <laughs> right, right. They isolated yeah. the in the they isolated the amphetamines in there, and that's how they make meth. So yeah, they work, and you 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 feel it as soon as you take it. That's not going to happen with Histoplex. Histoplex, you may see a mild improvement, you know, in your first day of doing it. But it's going to take two or three or four days or a week before it's really going to kick in and, and start helping with that. Okay. Okay. And I should tell her, maybe just in case, pick some of that crap up, just if have she, it on hand. If she really needs it, you know, for some relief, take it. But take the Histoplex at the same time so we start building up the Histoplex in the body. Okay. All right. And I got dosage on as just read with the bottle on the so I mean, like, what should, I mean, you should take it like every, it, obviously you don't want to take it, it unless you have a symptom or, or you're feeling no, something. No, actually, obviously. actually I would have her take the histoplex no matter what right now. It, there's nothing in okay. there that would hurt All you. Right. It's just nutrients. And in the beginning, All I would right. say for the first five days, I would double the dose on the bottle. <laughs> Let, let's front load some. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll have to, have to order some more. I know I got two bottles. I'm going to double up on it. Yeah. All right. Cool. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm just uh, glad that you started asking questions. And That's a good kind of sign. my mind a little bit. than I just sitting there and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, a really good I mean, sign. He's a good spirit and all that. Good spirit. So I'm you know, making it a little easier, you know? Good. All right. Keep us all updated. Right, Kevin, I appreciate all you do. Thank okay. you. Take care. I will. Let's, uh, Let's go to Tennessee. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What can I help you with today? Well, so I have some questions on, you know, about MS. Um, well, I guess I should give you some background just because I know you're going to ask anyway. So right. About three and a half, four years ago or so, I guess, you know, I, I, was, I was also... I don't know. I've been a really long time listener. I don't, I don't really call in very often. Uh, it's been a, maybe a couple times and heck I started driving truck in 2006. It wasn't long after that, that I found you. So, okay. um, you know, so yeah. anyway, I was also one of those people that, you know, yeah, I used to love like a loyal listener and all that. And then you started the help kick and I was like, well, you know, I, I really don't need to know any of that information. Yeah, I figured I was in fairly decent health, and all, you know, all that. And I just kind of would change your station every Wednesday on health day, you know, and, right. and find something else to listen to. And, and like you've always said, you know, you point out quite often, you know, it's, it's the re repetitive and bleeding over into the other shows. And, and it finally got things clicking and, and really started listening. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. Testimonials from all your, you know, followers calling in or tribe, you know? And so, yeah, it's it, it, extremely powerful. That's for sure. Good. And, Good. you know, I, I uh, appreciate everything that you and your team and the whole tribe does. That's for sure. So, um, anyway, so it was probably three and a half, four years ago that my wife and I really like buckled down and, and really went pretty hardcore keto, um, really clean keto. Um, it's been, I guess, pretty much like two and a half years now that my wife's had some issues. Uh, her and I've been together like 19 years. She's had back issues. 
ever since I've met her. Okay. And about two and a half years ago, it's but and like I said, it's been about four years I think since we went really you know started following you on keto. And uh, two and a half years ago, she uh, they rushed her in for an emergency uh, gallbladder removal um, because it was so inflamed and about ready to uh, burst and. Ever since then, all of her back pain, is, it, it, it's been gone. But, so it was kind of weird that her gallbladder had symptoms of back pain versus anything in the side or, you know, anything like that. It, it's kind of unusual, I think. It is unusual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've been kind of like battling on that, trying to figure out, you know, a lot of people said it was, you know, weight issues and whatnot. And obviously, she, she went from like right around two, I want to say at one point she was around 270-ish, maybe a little bit more at, at the height. And, you know, at one point I know she was down in the 140s after, you know, we finally got on board with wow with you. Wow. <laughs> Let me make sure I heard that right. From uh, 470 yeah. to 140, like 130 pounds? Uh, no, two seventy. Two, yeah, that's what I meant. Two. She, she was around. Two, yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Right, I said that wrong. But about she lost one hundred and thirty pounds or so. Yes. Well, that's yep. awesome. Yeah. That she did, and yeah, and I went from probably I'm gonna guess around the same. I think I was a little bit less, like two fifty, two sixty ish at my height. Um. And then I am currently down to 180. Uh, been holding fairly steady there. Congratulations. Um, but uh, anyway, ultimately, MS. Um, uh, like a year and a half ago now, she, she ended up getting diagnosed with MS. Um, they had her on one type of medication, and at first, everything was kind of going all right. And then she started developing some symptoms she'd like flush uh like about an hour and a half two hours after taking it you know she'd she'd start at the top of her head and like work her way down and it, it, she was just flushing and then they changed her medication to something else she just recently she went in for another checkup they found another like half dollar size lesion on her brain on the frontal lobe um they decided that they want to change her medication again i don't and unfortunately i don't remember the first medication or the one that she's currently on. I do know that the next one that they want to do are infusions every six months and it's called Ocrevus. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, okay. I'm sure everything that they've done are immunosuppressants. Um, I guess some of the questions that I have and, and I've been trying to find the answers. It's just, it, there's not, I don't know. It's hard to find good answers. You know that. <laughs> it is. So um, Ocrevus is actually a, um, a monoclonal antibody. So remember when the big thing for COVID was monoclonal antibodies and, and then they disappeared and we don't hear about them anymore. That, that's what Ocrevus is. It's a monoclonal antibody. Um, here, here's where I think we're going to end up with this. I, I think I can cut to the chase on this one. Um, you could try our group coaching program. I could dig deeper into her diet and see if there's anything in there that might be causing this. But I, I think ultimately, um, if you want to get down to really getting the best results possible out of this, I, I would do a consult with Dr. Wolfson. 
Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I'm hearing that her diet has been good enough that, that she lost all that weight. Um, but there are some problems going on still. Uh, my guess is the gallbladder was because of an oxalate overload. But I, the, the MS and, and with brain lesions that are visible, um, this is a medical condition that has not responded to her diet so far. And like I said, we could dig a little deeper and find out if there's some culprit in the diet. But but ultimately, I think this is going to require more testing. And I, I think this is going to require a, a, a good functional medicine doctor. All right. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I know I've been, I don't know. I, I know she kind of feels defeated. Um, I, I feel like I've let her down. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could recommend you, you go look up um, Dr. Terry Walls and the Walls Protocol that was designed specifically for MS. And uh, that would be worth a shot if you wanted to try that. She, she publishes the protocol in the food list and her results. And um, she had a pretty incredible turnaround. She had such a severe form of MS. She was wheelchair bound uh, and almost not functioning. And she healed herself and she did it with a specific um, elimination diet. And then she publishes it as the WALS protocol, W-A-H-L-S. Um, she is a doctor, uh, but the, the medical community did absolutely nothing for her MS. She healed it herself with diet. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read her book. Um I don't know if my wife actually read her book or not, but I do know that my wife bought her cookbook as well. But um, that, I don't... That, it's kind of why I'm, I'm leaning towards that this is going to take more than just a dietary intervention. There's either something in the diet right. that, that – and again, we'd have to go through food journals. We'd have to really dig. Um, but there could also be uh, gut issues. There could be mold issues. Um, that's where, you know, Dr. Wilson's team and their protocols come in and, and that's who I would recommend here. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of what you're saying then and the same thoughts that I've had as well. So, cause I've told her the same thing. It's very well possible that you still have leaky gut someplace, you know, or environmental as far as like mold toxins right. or, you know, something like that in her system too. So, right. Uh, now, one of my specific questions on this that I was hoping that you could answer would be, would this be beneficial kind of like stomach acid or is it because the immune system? Because, all right, so people with heartburn, you say more often than not, obviously, is because of weak stomach acid. So if we did like everything to like really focus on in improving her immune system, would that just cause more damage is what I'm wondering. They're stronger. Well, what, what, what would you do? Um, well, I, you know, like sovereign silver, some copper, you know, other supplements or anything to help improve and support and strengthen the immune system. It, it can't hurt. And I know what you're thinking is if you strengthen the immune system when you have an autoimmune condition, can it make things worse? And that's a logical assumption, but it doesn't. It, it, a better word, we, I'd like the word strengthening, but a better word might be balancing. Um, so none of that could hurt, and you could certainly do all the stress protocol. That would help. It's not going to hurt anything. 
but I don't think it's going to fix what's going on either. You're, the outcomes might be better. And it, right. it, again, it can't hurt to do those things. I would certainly do them, but I, I don't, I, I wouldn't do those and wait to hope to see if it fixes things because I don't believe it will. Okay. I believe there's something else right. going on here that we haven't discovered yet. And, and, and just randomly trying things. Like I said, there's no harm in doing those things, but the odds that they're going to fix this in my mind are pretty slim. Right, pretty fruitless, kind of. Yeah, I, I think All it's right. I think it's time to um, to to take up Doctor Wolfson's saying: test, don't guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, we All actually right. take the and opposite then, approach, um, and, and I've explained why we do that. We guess, we guess at things in the beginning, and then we try stuff and see if we get results, and then we make another guess. And, and you know, I don't see a problem with that. It saves people a lot of money, and a lot of times it works. But there are cases that it, it, that's just not a good idea anymore. And this, in my mind, would be one of them. Based on what I've heard, I, I would stop guessing and trying, and I would just, just get serious about testing and really trying to troubleshoot this. And I would absolutely do it with a functional medicine doctor. Right. Right. Well, as far as the health side, I guess that's pretty much all I have on that. But if you want, I can other shows that I've listened to, I can give you a couple of comments. Sure. Go ahead. On health related. <laughs> All right. So I know that we've had some people call in, uh, uh, asking about shocks. Somebody mentioned something about the HD shocks and you looked them up and it was looked a lot like uh, road Kings. Um, another option I do know. Well, last I knew Fox makes heavy duty shocks for semi trucks as well. Um, at one point I ordered some and I got sick and tired of waiting on them. So I canceled my order. Um, so I, I think like Fox, I swear it's like they're make, they make them from scratch when some, when they get an order placed. So I, if you have time to wait, you can order them from Fox. You, you know, that was really how most of these high end shocks are. There, there's so many different models of shocks and these things are expensive to build that nobody wanted to maintain a big inventory. It, it just doesn't make sense. So they were really kind of built to order. That That's pretty common with these. Okay. It makes sense. I mean, I... Well, well, so much they, so, you know, so much so that, that these are hand-built shocks to order that when I wanted to put a set of these shocks on the signature trailer when I built it, I called Road King at the time we were we had a good relationship with them and I called them and said, Hey, here's the model of shock I need. And they said, yeah, we don't make that one. And I said, well, could you? And they said, sure. And they made me a set. I mean, it wasn't a stock, a shock that they normally built or, or, but because they do everything by hand and kind of to order, it wasn't that big of a deal. They just took the, the, the specifications of that shock and they built me a set of shocks. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that you can uh, that they have the capability of doing that. That's for sure. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's only, because it's, it's not some remember. big automated assembly line process. It it when they build shocks, it, it's kind of a hand built thing. Right. Yeah. I guess that definitely makes sense. The only other comment that I can think of that I, that I have that I try to help somebody out, and I can't remember the guy's name. Whenever he's on the show or on the spaces, it, it sounds like 
he struggles to talk. I think he's in Texas. He's got a real small fleet. Um, and he was asking somebody about like, uh, Bruce, I think he was asking Bruce about like smaller bottles for company drivers for the, uh, uh max mileage. Was this just and yesterday? No, it wasn't okay. yesterday. It was a couple weeks, I think ago. Like I said, I can't remember the tribe member's name, but, uh, um, quite a quite a long time ago jane gates was on the show and there was a company i don't know if they're still around or if they're still i'm I'm sure the company's probably around i don't know if they still make it but she was saying that there was something that you can put on the back of the cab and it like self doses like it'll register pick up like how many gallons were added and then it it would like drip it out of the there is we we didn't talk about it much because i i think that's overkill it's not hard to, to mix a couple ounces when you put fuel in. I mean, I, I know people like that bottle didn't work, right? I, but it, it's just not that hard. Uh, you know, I for the most part, we're always in the same vehicle. I know about how much fuel I'm going to put in this coach every time I get it. I just took a glass mason jar and I put a couple lines on it. You know, if I'm getting 100 gallons here, if I'm getting 125 here, I might be, you know, a little bit off, but it's really easy. I pour it to the line, I dump it in my tank, and then I take a big rag and I stick it back down in the glass, put the glass in my my side box. I mean, I just don't understand why all the difficulty on bottles and measuring, it, it, it just doesn't seem that hard to me. So I would not recommend a big, expensive dosing system to put on the truck. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm with you. I agree, but I, I know that there's quite a few of these people that call in that, and I mean, you even even touch base on it. Like if U.S. Express wanted to do it, well, that'd be like a logical way for them to do it. They're not going to do it. We, we, yeah, for we, their company drivers, because they can't trust their company I, drivers, I, I, that's the solution if they really wanted to implement it. It's not going to happen. Not even worth talking about. We don't focus on fleets. Okay. I could care less what the fleets do. If they want to do this stuff, they can go find their own solution. Uh, if they want my help, they can come look for me. I doubt that they're going to. So, And Bruce is the same way. Bruce doesn't mess with fleets. Bruce never calls on fleets, doesn't even attempt to try to get fleet business. Uh, that's why it's such a great partnership. We we, we, we serve the same customers. And, it, and it's very, very small fleets and owner-operators. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. I just threw out. Yeah. Anyway, I was just trying to help that guy. I know he was talking. You know. Yeah. Well, my my is about his only solution if he wants to implement it in his fleet. Yeah. Um. I, it, without I, trusting the drivers to dose it properly. Yeah. And now I do remember the call. Yeah. It, you know, and I'm going to cut you loose. I got to get some other calls. Um, there is a big difference between owning multiple trucks and owning one. I'm working on some of that material right now, and it is a change. Going from one truck to two is a change. When you get up around seven or eight, things are going to change again. When you get up into the 20s, if you get there, they're going to change again. There are different strategies as you grow your company. And sometimes things we do when we're small, we just can't do anymore as we grow. Sometimes that happens. Uh, I would not recommend, uh, you know, mechanical dosing systems for this. Let's uh, let's go to Texas. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you doing today, sir? Good. What can I help uh, you with? I 
Well, I am got one year on my CDL. Okay, congratulations. I got one year on my CDL, and I am changing jobs from a local company. I'm going to go over the road. Okay. One second. I'm also unloading a trailer right now. Let me grab this hook. Okay. I'm back. Um, I'm about to go over the road. Okay. I have been on a strict carnivore diet, um, about 90, 98%. I might throw some beans into some ground meat every once in a while just for an extender to fill me up. Okay. Because I'm also on a very, very, very extremely tight budget. Um, now, in two weeks, I'll be in training, three days orientation, and I'm going to be on the truck, team driving for 20,000 miles worth of training, and then I'll have my own truck after that, as long as everything goes well. Okay. Now, I am I have very limited space on the sleeper for the next four to six weeks. I have, like, two bags. I, that's all I can take because that's all the room okay. there's going to be for two full-grown adults and a small sleeper. How do I maintain carnivore diet and eating correctly in that particular situation um, or do I just do the best I can for the next six weeks until I get into my own truck? Well, we always do the best we can, but don't let that become an excuse to do less than. It's easy to say, well, the, okay. the, this is just hard and I'm doing the best I can. The, I, I find zero reasons why you can't stay carnivore as carnivore as you want in this situation. <laughs> So I, the best you can should okay. mean continuing the way you eat right now. It, tell me what would stop what you from that? eating that way. Uh-oh. We lost him. Huh. There was some weird noise, and I heard him say, what was that? And then he was gone. Wasn't anything on our end. Um, my question, if you're still listening and you want to get back in, my question would be to you, tell me why you can't keep eating the way you've been eating. And then I, I've got some ideas for you if you don't think you can. Let's... Uh, Let's go to Iowa. Tom, welcome. Yeah, hey, Kevin. How are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Um, so, if you remember about, remember when we were testing, like, the uric acid, and you said yours was always high, too, and you had, uh, you thought with, uh, what you thought was gout at the time in your shoulder. Right. Um, and about 18 months ago, I had that, uh, I had a bad, man, flare-up of gout in my foot for and it lasted for like 10 days, two weeks. I don't remember how long we won't, it was way too long though. And, um, then you got to thinking about it and you thought maybe it was uh, oscillate. I don't want to say that word, right? But you know uh, what I'm talking about? Oxalates. Um, yeah. Oxalates. Oxalates. Yeah. Oxalates. Yeah. Is that like the animal oxalate? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Okay. There we go. Um, and so the, anyway, there's a product out there that you probably heard the commercial for kidney cop COP. Yeah. Don't take it. Kidney cop. Don't take it. It looks like, okay. It looks like all natural. Oh, oh it is. I mean, it's gonna but do, but here, here's the thing. Yeah. Once I see a supplement start advertising heavily, one single product advertised on TV, radio, the, their money's going to marketing. Hell, there's no way I could take one yeah. of our supplements and afford to advertise it nationally. No way. That, so it tells me where their priority is. It, it, and then I start to wonder about the quality. That you can have ingredients, but the quality of them can be horrible. The amounts can be wrong. 
Right. There's nothing special about that supplement. Nothing whatsoever. We, we could recreate that in a heartbeat and probably sell it for half of what they sell it for. And, and I don't see it needed in, in the best way to avoid oxalate issues that we have figured out, and this comes from Sally K. Norton, um, don't go zero oxalate. That's what can start to cause problems. We have so much oxalate built up in our body. When you go zero oxalate, your body starts oxalate dumping, and it, it creates. Well, that's what and, I was getting at. Well, I know, but the fix to that was you just maintain about two to 300 grams of oxalates a day, and that stuff goes away. And then that gives your time, your body time to slowly eliminate these oxalates. It might happen over years. Over years. Yeah, okay, I don't, I, I don't uh, see a supplement no being oxalates. necessary for this. And if there were, we have some supplements yeah, I, I could sell you that, would, that could help too, but I, I just don't think they're necessary. Yeah, this is, I mean, basically B6 and magnesium and, and well, uh, lemons, you know what I mean? It, it, may, it looks like, on, I mean, on the, on their, it, on their supplement facts. All we and, really need to do so that our body handles <laughs> oxalates well is maintain a good mineral balance. So, you know, if you, if you wanted a supplement, right. I, I already take two every day <laughs> that do that. I take light balance and cardio miracle every day. And those two help me maintain a nice, um, mineral balance. And, and then as long as I mineral eat some oxalates every day, which is nice because I don't want to be zero oxalate. I'd have to give up chocolate and sweet potatoes. I don't want to give up either one. Chocolate and sweet potatoes are the only one. I mean, there's no oxalates in me, in me None. right? I None. mean, it's right. only, well, that's, it's, it's that's, basically just that's the part of the problem. And, when, yeah. yeah, it's all plants. We right. really only have oxalates in plants. The problem is when we go super strict carnivore or keto, we can go so low on oxalates that that's when our body starts the oxalate dumping. So we just that's when it starts dumping. Yeah, yeah. So so pick your favorite foods that have oxalates in them and add enough back in every day that you're getting about two hundred and fifty grams a day or so. Well, the the um the uh. uh the coffee with the with the um, butter and the, and the, um, the cacao powder. Right. That's probably that's probably enough. Where you know what I mean? I don't know how many. I never. It's not like it's on the package. How many oxalates? No, you got to go know? look it up. Really, and those numbers are always just going to be estimates anyway. But it's a lot like other things. We play around with it. We play around with the amounts. I found. I don't count. I eat. I eat one mushroom chocolate bar every day because I absolutely love that stuff. But I don't know how many oxalates are in there. But I know when I added it back in, some of those issues started to dissipate. If there's sweet potatoes on the menu, I'll probably order them and eat them because I like sweet potatoes. Um, almonds have oxalates. So if you're eating any of the almond products, you're getting some oxalates. I, I don't count I, I don't go look this stuff up. I kind of know in my head what foods have are high in oxalates, and I picked my favorites and I put them back in my diet, and that seemed to take care of things. Well, um, when see when I um, when I had that what I thought was gout issue, it, I was eating um, a lot of salad from the you know like Flying J has a, a right a turkey salad you know like big chef salad. I was eating maybe. Two of those a day, um, thinking I was doing um, keto if, right, you know, at the well, time. Well, if, the, if there was, was spinach in ago. the mix, 
then spinach is high in yes, oxalates. And I, was, right. I was adding spinach. Correct. I was adding spinach. So what do you think the chances are it wasn't a uric acid issue after all? Uh, it was probably just an oxalate dump. Well, you were eating keto or carnivore, right? Yeah. In in my experience, if you're eating keto or carnivore, it's never gout. It's always oxalates. Right. And you can't tell the difference. Okay. Okay. It, it, the, the symptoms are exactly the same. The only difference is that when you have true gout, it is uric acid that builds up into crystals and irritates the joint. When you are oxalate dumping, it's oxalate crystals that build up and irritate the joint. The end result is exactly the same. Okay. It's just a different crystal that's basically uh, Correct. Well, made out of well, the same, you know, well, what would, calcium crystal. What's the doctor's recommendation if he believes you have gout? He's going to tell you to stop eating meat. Oh, uh, yeah. Stop eating meat. Right. Stop, uh, uh, Purines. Uh, and put me on, al- he put me on al- alupurinol for, and I took it for, I took it for like five days, and I said, what the hell am I taking the, you know, I was listening to you, of course, and then, what the hell am I taking this shit for? And I haven't taken it, and he had a fit, and I cha- since changed doctors, because he wasn't, I mean, it was yeah. just a, a WebMD guy or whatever, you know, a guy on there. Um, and then, uh, okay, so that sounds good, and thank you. Um, and, oh, uh, pork, you were talking about, about, I don't know, six months ago, four months ago, you were talking to that guy that was getting that special pork from it was like uh, eight it was like an asian pig originally or something do you remember which guy was talking about i don't or what, or what pig that was i don't uh, a breed now the yeah the, no he might be listening i get my pork from heritage foods and they've got three or four different breeds you can usually pick from they have red wattle they have duroc and they have one other one that i can't think of right now I, I can't imagine pork tasting much better than that. Um, there is a, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's pretty incredible. You know, there is a, I think there's a breed called a Manzanita, maybe. And when they raise maybe, those in Spain, now that would be a Spanish thing. And they feed primarily on acorns. So that that is a really traditional kind of old world pork that is, is really incredible. Uh, if you can find that, get it. Yeah. it it's, it's harder to find. But the some of the old world breeds are coming back. Like I said, Red Waddle, Duroc, some of those. The flavor is just incredible. I mean, you will not. You will not get this mixed up with grocery store pork. It's almost like two different kinds of meat. Oh, here, here it is. It's um, it's uh, it's put my glasses on because it's got a small. Meishan, M-E-I-S. Oh yeah, I've heard H-A-N. of that. And that does sound. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, heard that's of that. that guy. I don't yeah. know much about it. He said it was fantastic. He said that was fantastic. Right, yeah, right. probably. Is. You, see, you see those pigs from Canada. You see those pigs from Canada that are running across the border? Yeah. It's like some pretty pretty hardy. Yeah, so we, we'll get those pretty soon, I think. Yeah, you know. Um, okay, the, sounds good, man. Um, wild, wild boar, wild pigs, that they've become a nuisance in a lot of parts of the country. I, I don't know why we don't hire people to go shoot them and, and feed them to the poor. Really. I mean, it, solve two problems I, I, at once. Can, it doesn't sound that difficult. What's why that? can't we eat those pigs? I don't understand that either. Oh, I eat those why, pigs why, every why chance I get. Pigs? When I can find wild boar somewhere, yeah. I get it. I love wild boar. 
And if they're such a nuisance, let's hire people they to know. go shoot them and let's feed people. They're shooting them from helicopters. In I know. Texas, uh, it, it, today, it, right now, probably four helicopters up shooting them. But, right. So why don't we expand that program and feed people? Because it's the government? Correct. It's the government getting in the way. And the big pork producer lobby yeah. certainly don't want to see that happen, but that's what should happen. It seems pretty damn simple to exactly me. We've got happen. an animal that has become so wild it's causing a problem. It's good, nutritious food. People are hungry and prices are through the roof. Let's go shoot a couple pigs and feed people. Isn't that just a no-brainer, Kevin? Seems yeah. like it. I mean, it's just, you know... I, <laughs> it's too simple. We we have, we have all the answers. What if they but, just ask us? Better yet, yeah, better I, yet. I, I, I've just improved the program already. We are. We will supply. We will supply the weapons and the training to the people who can't afford pork at the grocery store, and let them go kill their own. Um. Yeah, uh, the training. Okay, yeah, give them training first, right? Of okay. course. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want a bunch of yahoos running yeah. around with guns that that don't know how to use them. But it's not that hard to train somebody yeah, on right. gun safety. It's not that hard to kill a pig. So let's let's do that. Let's yeah. help them be more self sufficient. Yeah, that that uh, I, I like the program already. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. All right, uh, so. Um, so the guy you heard was Ken Lay. He's got a farm in Pennsylvania. Matt is yeah, reminding me of this. It was Ken Lay. He's got a farm in Pennsylvania. Okay. He had those okay. Michon. Oh, oh, I'm also, now it's all coming back to me. Um, Ken introduced right. me to a farm in Oregon that has those pigs. And yes. that farm reached yeah, out to me. They have, they have a website. Yeah. So, okay. so Ken okay. also got a hold of the farm and told them about me and my show. They reached out to me and invited me to come down to the farm and sample things. And, and then this trip came up. So I, and I had forgotten all about Did that. You, oh, but so you haven't gone to the farm yet. I haven't gone to the farm oh, okay. yet, but I, but I plan and on it. You, Sounds like a great farm. And, and I do yeah. want to experience this. Um, Matt was telling me that they had mangalitsas. Uh, Matt Youngbluth, when they had pigs. And I will tell you, I ate their pork. It was incredible. And also, yeah. his wife Angie made soap out of the lard. That stuff was incredible, too. Yeah, If, if, you've, if, if you've been buying bacon at the, at the stores for your entire life, and then you eat bacon from one of these pigs... It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a whole it's new food. It's just hard to go back to the other bacon. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't taste the same. So, as, as good as the, those, as you love bacon is, then you, you have this and you're like, ah, crap. Well, well let know? me tell you. Uh, now, I gotta, now I gotta go eat in, bacon. Instead of one of those grocery store pork chops, if you go to any of these heritage breeds and you get my favorite, um, Heritage Foods has double cut uh, pork chops. So there's two bones. That's how thick the pork chop is. Oh, okay. It's two pork chops in one. They're, they're called double bone chops. You take one of those and throw that thing on a, throw it in a hot oven, throw it in a pellet smoker till it comes up to about 140, 145 degrees. It, it will be the best pork chop you have ever had in your life. And, and, and you know, and that's a problem is people uh, traditionally, I think because uh, I don't know what, you know, I'm 57 years old, and I think back in the day, our parents were were afraid of worms and pork and blah, blah, blah. Trichinosis. They overcooked, 
so bad. Trichinosis. Or whatever it was. Yeah, maybe yeah. that well, it was a thing. In the 60s and 70s, yeah. there you could find trichinosis worms in pork. And the way to fix that was you cooked it to like 180, 185 degrees, and that would kill it off, and you could eat it. But pork at 185 degrees right. is almost not edible. I mean, it's, it's awful, especially well, because— on it. Especially because then we started that big push towards, remember this, pork, the other white meat. Remember that one? So so what they did was they were breeding those pigs to be lean, not fat. So now that pork is really dry when you overcook it. Take one of these heritage breeds and cook it to to 180 and it, it... that's not what I do, but you can do it, and it's still edible. It's actually still pretty good. But I, I cook pork right. now exactly like I cook beef. If I want rare pork, I eat rare pork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you haven't seen any um, any uh, oh, adverse no. reactions. No. Well, you can, it's you, not like you're walking around with worms or it, anything. Even the, even the pork coming out of the grocery stores now, the worst raised pork in the planet doesn't have trichinosis anymore. That, as far as I know, that's just been wiped out completely. So there are no pathogens oh, oh. in pork, just like steak. We can eat raw steak. We can eat rare or you could eat raw pork. It's just not very good. But rare pork is good. Rare to medium rare for most people. Oh, then I yeah, me, me, medium rare. It's, it's just fantastic. I mean, compared to, compared to how you were eating pork as a kid, and I'm sure yours, your mom cooked it the same way as my mom cooked it back then. You know, well, I actually it's, have it's a, just a completely different. It's a different food. I actually have a pork chop story because you're right. Um, you know, my mom tried everything. They had shake and bake for pork, so you coated it with bread and seasoning and threw it in the oven. And But again, if you took it to 180 <laughs> degrees, it was still going to be shoe leather. So I was either eating, right. you know, shoe leather for pork or then somebody gave her some recipe of this pork that was breaded and then fried and then finished in like orange juice or something. I, I There was a lot of orange juice involved and it was to try to, bell, to, to, try to add some moisture to it. And I remember as a kid, the first time I tasted those, I said, I will never eat these again. And I didn't. It was awful. And, and then, and, but, but I bet if you tried it with your pork now cooking to 160 degrees, um, uh, not with all the bread, but, um, I, I imagine there's a decent recipe out there with, uh, that involves orange juice and pork that it actually sounds pretty good. Maybe. I don't know. I'm see, I'm not big on sweet and savory and orange juice oh, is sweet. Man, I sort of love that. Yeah. See, I don't like sweet and savory much yeah, at all. I mean, not 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 store bought orange juice, but but uh, good orange juice. Oh oh oh, that was the other thing. Uh, somebody earlier was you you were talking about coronavirus. Yeah. Earlier, uh, maybe maybe it's the new thing going around China now. I I think that's the RSV. They're probably because everybody's locked down. They're calling it a mystery pneumonia, so it is going to be another respiratory disease. Yeah, but is that a is it is it is it a Corona no. virus? No. I, well, wait a minute. Okay. There, there's uh, I got to think this through. There is there is bacterial pneumonia and there is viral pneumonia. Um, viral right. pneumonia could be a coronavirus. I'm just not sure if it is. The common cold is a coronavirus. Right. 
A lot of people kept saying COVID is is a bad case of the flu. That's a misnomer. It's a bad case of the common cold. No, the flu is not a coronavirus, but a cold is. Right. And you, you were you were t- you were just talking to the last gentleman about the um uh the, the, when Corona came out they were they had that drug that they that they're putting his wife on that has MS uh, what was what was uh, monoclonal antibodies right um, it, 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 that's a Ivymec- yeah. that's a generic term so we have to be careful Ocrevus yes. is a specific right, but- monoclonal antibody and it is for MS not for okay. covid or anything else but we saw and, and and I haven't done a lot of research on this I read some articles here and there we saw a big push towards monoclonal antibodies if you remember Florida brought them in and said they were getting yes. incredible results from it and the and the government locked them down you couldn't get them well, the this, government this is worse yeah this is worse what, what I was referring to is at the same time they had the ivermectin that came out and then a lot of, I mean, even they, they almost came to the point where they quit manufacturing it. Doctors in California weren't allowed to prescribe it. Um, they burned or destroyed stockpiles in other countries and whatnot, yeah, because, so, you know, and, and so go figure that out. Well, so we went to the farm yeah. stores and we bought ivermectin paste for horses or cows. That's, or, that's it, what yeah. I'm getting. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. So I've got, you know, I carry around two tubes of the paste when I got uh, COVID, I I I took the whole uh, tube. Uh, you, you, you dial it back to your weight. It's the same stuff as you buy in the stores. So when I, when I was feeling a cold about two weeks ago, coming on because the cold's a coronavirus too. Ivermectin stops the replication. I did the same thing, and I'm telling you, the cold was gone to like 12 hours. You know so, what I mean? Uh, it uh, just so uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm no, not a doctor. I, this is not medical advice. I'll I'll play devil's advocate on that one. Um, I don't doubt that it worked. Uh, there's a lot of evidence that it does. So I just I, I said that, you know, I got sick the second time in nine years, just a couple of weeks ago on, on this trip again. And I have ivermectin at home. I have hydroxychloroquine. I have a whole kit that's designed for covid and I didn't even bring it with yeah. me. And when I started to get sick and I was talking to Lisa, she said, do you want me to send everything to you? And I said, no, hold off. Um, I really prefer, and it wasn't pleasant. I had three or four days where I really felt bad. Um, I'm still dealing with a little bit of it, which seems odd. I still have a little congestion in my, in my chest. Um, I still really prefer to let my immune system do its job. If I got to the point where I thought this yeah. is so bad, I'm either going to the emergency room. At that point, I would have started taking the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine and tried to stay as far away from a hospital as I could. But I, I won't take it until I get to that point where I think I, I've either got to go to a hospital or something's got to happen. I, I really and I think this is becoming think- more important. If I have to, I'll suffer for a week. Because I believe allowing your immune system to fight this makes it stronger. Uh, does it does it make your immune system stronger? Yes. Um, well, it, it, I, I don't know a, how. I don't. I don't. Do, I don't know uh, how it could. Well, let's think about our entire body, every part of it. Does your brain get stronger and smarter by using it or not using it? Of do, course. Do yeah. muscles get stronger or weaker when you use them? Of, of course. Does your heart? 
Does your heart get stronger when you push it to its limits or when you lay in bed and rest? But 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 we're fighting a a a foreign a foreign right. uh, But that's what so uh, so let's go back. Each part of the body I just mentioned has a job. The brain's job is to think. The more you think, the stronger your brain gets. Your the job of your muscles are to move heavy weights. The more you use them, the stronger they get. Your heart is designed to pump blood and oxygen. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Why would we think that our immune system is different? The more you use it, the stronger it will get. It's designed to fight these things. If we give that over to a drug instead, I believe that would weaken our immune system. I, I just think it, I, I I don't think I don't think it necessarily weakens your immune system because it's just stopping that that virus from replicating it, it, over and well, over wait, and over I, and over I, again. I, you know what I mean? Again, I'm so going to play devil's your advocate. Your immune system is already why, fighting that. Why? Yeah, but if what then why not let it fight it? Why give it help? It's no different than why do we want to we want to sanitize everything? You could say, well, that helps your immune well, that's system. The it doesn't. That it, shit now. Well, but the, but right. it, it's the same thing. If I say I'm going to help my immune system by sanitizing everything, so my immune system doesn't have to work so hard, that's how our immune system gets weak. Drugs would yeah, be no I, different. I, I, I'm totally agreeing with you on that one. Antibiotics yeah, I'm, would I'm be totally no different. I'm totally agreeing with you on that one. If I think I have such well, then a... how come I didn't get... If I believe I have such a bad infection that I'm going to die, I might... T- I would probably... No, I, I will take antibiotics. If I thought I had an infection that was going to kill me, right. I would take antibiotics. If I have an infection that's just going to make sure. me sick and miserable... I'm not taking anything. I'll let my immune system fight it. That's what it's for. And that's what keeps it strong. Yeah, well, point taken. It's hard for me to disagree with you. Here's another way to think about it. Here's another way to think about it. COVID, we remember we referred to it as a novel coronavirus, right? Yep, yep. Novel means we haven't seen it before. It's new. We're seeing a lot of new pathogens. The only way to ever train your immune system to be able to fight those new pathogens is expose it to them and allow them to fight them. Except that, except that, except those, except those uh, new pathogens. Those that virus is is uh, is changing every single Correct. day. Which is why Which is why you allow your immune system to fight it to the end. The minute you bring in an antibiotic or an antiviral, now the immune system won't be exposed to those new versions. It'll be interesting to see if I get that uh, get another cold this year. But if if I already, you know what I mean. If I fought that one off, if if oh, well, of course if, you uh, can. You know, hey, maybe I'll get a different strain. Maybe well, I'll get well, a different strain. But that's I wonder, how that's yeah. how the common cold works. You never get the same cold again if you have a strong immune system. But you'll get a new one. It, it, the the coronavirus, the common cold, mutates constantly. Constantly, right. Always yeah, has. that's like the, the you know the, the 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 flu shot that they can never get right. I don't Correct, never get another it, vaccination as long as I live. After these people, I, I just take, uh, I just can't trust them. I can't trust a word coming out of their mouths. I, I agree. 
Um, I, I would just rethink that taking a, a pharmaceutical the minute you think you're getting something. I, I think that's a mistake. Let's uh, let's go to Maine. Carl, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I got a uh, sensitive uh, topic to talk about, and uh, I was been thinking uh, since uh, you know getting the proper balance of bacteria in the mouth and uh, in the gut. Why isn't, uh, you know, wouldn't that also indicate that the proper, you know, bacterial, um, you know, balance uh, for a woman's vagina, you know, would be a good thing as well? Well, it is. And and a man's urinary tract as well. Uh, All of our urinary tracts are are, uh, loaded with bacteria. They have their own microbiome to stay healthy. And many problems in urinary tract and vaginal health simply come down to bad bacteria. But the way to improve that bacteria is what you eat. Well, I, I'm just curious to, and been thinking, I'm mean, like, you know, is there other ways to assist in that? Because, you know, I, I, I've heard, you know, and, and uh, noticed myself that so here, some people have. Here's a, here's a good analogy. We get a lot of calls about um, toenail fungus. There are things you can put on toenail fungus, silver and some other things that will help. But it's it's a it's not addressing the root cause. The root cause is internal. We've got to clean up the bacteria internally or we will never fix this. Anything external is just really to maybe mitigate some symptoms. And if, the, and if the internal bacteria is still out of balance because we haven't addressed it, topicals will never solve the problem. Most people with urinary tract infections are overloaded with sugar and yeast. Many of the diabetic drugs are a huge cause of this because there's a whole class of diabetic drugs that the way they lower your blood sugar is they move the sugar out of your bloodstream into your kidneys and allow your kidneys to excrete all of that sugar, which overloads your urinary tract and and vaginal health with um, so much sugar that you get yeast overgrowth and then we get the issues. But that, that has to be addressed internally. All right. Uh, one uh, other thing uh, about a topic you guys were talking about, the Earth, uh, you know, yesterday, uh, a lot of people don't realize the Earth isn't round like a cue ball, but it's more like a ball that's been slightly squashed. Uh, would, would that matter? I mean, that whole topic yesterday, I know Bruce was just thinking out loud, but um, I, none of that makes sense to me and we can't change any of it anyway. I, I, I really don't like to waste brain cells on stuff like that. I, I don't get the issue. Gravity is what it is. I just thought it was kind of interesting that the world isn't, you know, a lot of people think it's a perfect ball, but oh, it's not. Yeah, I have and no idea. on top of that, the rotational momentum of, you know, the planet and the moon pulls on the, you know, the ocean. And so it gravity is not perfect everywhere. It's, it varies from location to location, but it's so minute that you couldn't even measure it unless you had really that, special equipment that, for that. That's kind of my point about this. And we were talking about fuel economy specifically. And no matter how well we understand gravity or how minutely we can measure it, we can't change it. So why would we even think about it? That's kind of my point. 
Yeah. All right. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. I, I try not to waste brain cells on, on things I can't change anyway. Let's uh, down to my final call. If you want to jump in, now would be the time. Otherwise, I'll wrap it up after this call. 855-950-3835. Let's go to Iowa. Brandy, welcome. Thanks, Kevin. Um, so there's a couple things. Uh, Jim Brewer's got a new special that's free, and he talks about turkey hunting. It's very funny. Oh, good. But my uh, call is, yeah, is about the catalyst. I, I put my catalyst in four-ounce jelly jars, and um, after a while, the jelly jars start to, the oils start to get onto the cardboard box that the jelly jars come in. And then when you have your windows open, it acts like a vacuum and pulls out of the side box the same fumes through the cab. Well, I had about a week of that, and I thought, what could I put in there? Well, how about dryer sheets? So I put a whole bunch of those dryer sheet boxes with the dryer sheets in them, and now I have a nice, clean smell, uh, no more so, uh, fumes. So, same box. But, well, hold on. So two things here. One, if you've got fumes, that's not good. I, I would get rid of the saturated cardboard no. box, and I would find a better way to store things so that that doesn't occur. All you really did was cover up the fume smell. The fumes are still there. They still exist, so you're still breathing them, and you just dumped a bunch more chemicals on top of it to make it smell better. You doubled the problem. Okay. Dryer sheets are awful. Okay. Well, then there's a reason for me to call then. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, no, dryer sheets, I, I, I would prefer not to use dryer. When I travel and I'm doing my own laundry, I don't use dryer sheets. I deal with the static because uh, they're not good for us. They're, they're right. just not. It's a bunch of chemicals. So really, again, you didn't eliminate the original problem. The, and the fumes, when we breathe in fumes, we're breathing in the chemicals. Like, that, that's just how things work. I mean, if there wasn't a molecule of the chemical there, we wouldn't be able to smell anything. So when we can smell a fume like that, right. we're inhaling those chemicals. But then when you took the dryer sheets and put it on top, you didn't eliminate those fumes. They're still there. You're still breathing them. Now you're breathing a bunch of other chemicals on top of it. Right. Well, it's the boxes and the, and the sheets are still in there. I had always heard that when you had bad odors in your truck, you could put dryer sheets throughout you, the you, truck. And you, and you know this is wait, when you get to fuel pumps, you can wait, smell what comes out. Wait, you can. That was a true statement. If you have odors and you cover them up with dryer sheets, the odor goes away and it smells better. That's a true statement. But you have to understand what that means. You're now inhaling more chemicals. So was your problem the smell or are you more concerned about your health? my health <laughs> then, then throw yeah. away the dryer sheets you know, the headache a little bit too throw throw away yeah. the dryer sheets and find a better way to store the catalyst well the jars are convenient the cardboard so, eventually does get soiled so, by the jars so why not put the jars in a, a plastic container of some sort oh i agree but don't doesn't the catalyst eat stuff well, then you need to put it in a container that doesn't leak. I just leave mine in the original bottle. Well, I get it doesn't leak. And then I pour right. it into a glass measuring jar and put it in my tank. Yeah. Well, when you're multiple feelings, well, um, Wait, well I don't, it, just, it I, was for convenience. I have to, well, hold, hold on. I have to fuel far more in my coach than you do in your truck. 
I get the same fuel economy as you do, and I probably have half the capacity. I probably fuel twice as much as most trucks because I just don't have big tanks. I've got a hundred. So at the fuel pump, I've got 125 usable gallons, and I get six miles to the gallon. Right. I fuel so almost fuel daily. Pump, you pull all that out, and you do all that. Wait, what is you do uh, that daily? Then the, the, I do it daily, but I don't know what this all this stuff is. I pull out a gallon jug, a glass jar, and a rag. I pour the catalyst yeah. from the original bottle into a glass jar, dump it in the fuel tank, and then rinse it out and stick a rag back in it. And then I put it back in a tote. That I'm standing there Where waiting for the fuel in? anyway. Oh, I get it. I get that. And that's the thing. It's about efficiency and people behind you or the people in front of you. But, but hold on. Um, hold on. Okay. How, well, did, how all... does my method take one more second? I'm waiting for the fuel pumps anyway. I can't go anywhere. This all happens while the fuel is being yeah. pumped. I stick the. I have two tanks. Two. Well, I have one tank, but I have two nozzles, one on each side, but they feed the same tank. So I go around to the, dri right. the driver's side. I start the fuel pump and I stick that pump in on low and let it start flowing. And then I walk around to the other side and I get the catalyst in. Then I put in both pumps on high and I'm done just as fast as anybody else. I'm not holding anybody up. Okay. Where do you, where do you get the water to clean it? To clean the jar? Well, almost every fuel pump I've been at has a water faucet right there. And if it doesn't, I just wipe it out with paper towels and throw the paper towels away. Okay. All right, because a lot of those pumps are shut off in the wintertime. Well, they but, might be, okay. then use paper towels. Okay, all right. Well, I thought this was the solution, but it turns out you... No, I think you, you, you okay. exacerbated the problem. All right. Well, I've told Bruce how I do these things, but he does never... But okay, this is different, and I didn't know this, so I will, there I you will go. fix that problem. It was a good call, then. Good. I'm glad we make a good call. All right. Thanks for the call. We'll Thanks, talk Tim. to you again soon. Let's um, let's go to Texas. James, welcome to the program. Can you hear me? Yeah. What's on your mind today? Uh, she should have sent you a NutriQ. Uh, uh, I just took last week. Yep. I just got it. Um, okay. And... So now I'm looking at one that you took in October 11th of 2023, and then another one in no on November 21st. So uh, about five weeks between the two. Um, I, there's actually, well, it's kind of mixed. Um, some things improved pretty dramatically in that short period of time. A couple things got worse. Um Tell me why you're calling. Do you have a specific concern or something going on, or do you just want me to kind of evaluate the two? No, I mean, it, it seems like to me it got worse. I thought maybe I kind of was more well, truthful with myself answering the questions or something. I don't know, just by knowing more. Well, I got so I, I'm, I'm, so here's I'm dealing with this. here's what we can do. Hold on, let me let me go through this. So anything in the low priority, I'm just going to ignore. We don't even look at the low priority okay. stuff because you've got both medium and high. If we look at the high priority, the worst thing on October 11th was your pituitary, way up into the the middle of the high priority category. When you retook it, you're down to the middle of the medium category. So your worst symptom okay. improved pretty dramatically. 
Okay. Now, your your fatty acid balance got out of whack. Uh, your sugar handling got a little worse. Uh, we have some digestion issues that got worse, but I'm not surprised. Almost every time somebody makes a dietary change, it messes with their digestion. That's why we talk about digestion so much, why we have so many digestive kits. The other factor that you talked about, this entire exercise, the NutriQ, is subjective. We're, we're not measuring things. We're yeah. asking you how you feel. Within the first month, sometimes yeah. we get what we call a healing reaction and things feel worse. So there's yeah, not, I've, nothing I've, about I've this that concerns my... me at all. It's, it's, it's virtually exactly what I would expect to see in a month. Yeah, I've, I'm like almost through my second TPI kit and I'm still having serious acid reflux. How long and, were you uh, on PPIs? Into the chiropractor, uh, probably six or seven years. That's a long time. They're not supposed to be used for more than a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. I mean, and I've been to the chiropractor now for two weeks, a couple of sessions a week, and you know he's been pushing on me and all that stuff. So I. How, how old are but, you? You know, sometimes it's not there, and I, I'm 58. So and I've lost. I mean, when did you change I've your lost diet? All the way. And I, uh, right when COVID started, when I heard got when I started listening to you again. And tell me about your diet currently. Give me a good thumbnail sketch of what you eat. Oh, uh, I eat meat and keto basically. I mean, I don't eat any 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 processed foods. Maybe I, I mean I ate more sugar this weekend or Thanksgiving than I have in two years. You know, had a couple bites of pie here and there and whatever, but other than that. I don't eat any anything. I mean, I've I've taken pictures of all my food. I put them in that that practice better. Okay, app you would on, you would be a really good case my, for the health coaching. I don't think well, you I, have. Yeah, well, I sent you a question. Okay. Oh, so are you in the group coaching? I mean, I don't I, look at the questions until yes, sir, the day yeah. of. Okay. That's, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't think so. It, yeah. It's not really a question. It's, it's a plea for help, I guess. I don't know. I'm just fighting so, the hell out of this, and it's just driving me insane. So I think I had two calls today where I didn't recommend the group coaching. I, I said they need a consult with the doctor. Because just based on what I was hearing and what I could see in their NutriQ and in their history, there's something else medically wrong with them. And that's why I want them to see a doctor. I don't believe, based on what I'm hearing yet, that there's anything medically wrong with you. I, I still think this is all diet and lifestyle. That's why I think group coaching is going to be good for you. We'll be able to dig deeper. I'll be able to okay. look at the diet. Uh, I'll be able to spend more time on it. I can go through some history. Um, and I, I'm pretty confident we'll figure out what's going on with you. Okay. Like I say, I, I just, you know... I try. I feel great. I mean, I, other than that, I'm fine. I mean, I have more energy. I've lost, you know. That, that's why I'm, I'm down to 165. I mean, I've lost so much weight. I'm trying to keep it, keep from losing weight. Oh, good. I have See, more it, energy than. It, it, you know, so, than, you so know, what that but, tells me is you are very metabolically healthy now. And that's the first thing we improve with diet. Metabolism gets much better. You start using energy properly. You're not storing it as fat anymore. You're actually using it as energy. Uh, all that's good. The longer you do that, the healthier you get. But I, I'm seeing some things in the NutriQ that something else is going on. But I, I think it's going to be diet and lifestyle, and it's going to be a matter of tweaking things. 
Okay. All right. All right. Like I say, man, it just, it just, uh, I try to journal all my food and I've been taking pictures of it all and all that. Yeah, the best, but, I, the best I can, you know. Well, and that's it's, why you know, I, I'm kind of like you. It's hard to do that stuff. It, all it the is, time. And, and and I don't want you doing it forever. But I think we can solve some problems and tweak with that. And that's why I started the group coaching. Okay. For me to do that on the right. air, for me to go through all these. So the other thing I'm going to do before I talk to you <laughs> on the group coaching is I'm not just going to look at the NutriCute chart like I'm looking at now. I'm going to go through every individual question. I'm going to dig down to see why uh, you have a high score in something specifically. And I just don't have time to do that on the air and on the radio show. That's why we have the group coaching, because I may only spend 10 or 15 minutes with you on the group coaching call, but I'm probably going to put an hour and a half or two hours into it before we even get there. And in your case, like I said, I, I don't think this is any kind of medical condition. I don't think there's anything broken. I, I just think we need to do some tweaking. Uh-oh, James, I'm losing you. Well, I will be talking to you on Thursday, and, and we'll take a deep dive into this. We'll figure it out. Let's go to Virginia. Jeremy, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Um, back on the road in... Uh Oh, sorry to hear that you felt felt cruddy uh, a few weeks ago. Ooh, it, it was pretty nasty. Um, yeah, I, I, um, and horrible timing. The day of my keynote <laughs> is when I woke up with a throat so sore I just couldn't swallow. It, it was just miserable. Um, I ended up. Leave. Oh, that's right. I, I ended you took up. A nap, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't present till almost seven o'clock at that. night. Um, so I ended up leaving and going back to my room, and I slept for about three or three and a half hours. And when I woke up, I felt good enough to get through the presentation. Then I had two more days of the event. Wow. And then after that um, is when it really hit me hard. I didn't leave the coach for probably about two days. I just wasn't feeling good at all. Uh, wow. Yeah, sorry about hearing that. I was uh, going to – I'm sure you thought of all this, but uh, did you bring cod livers on the coach? I did. Um, you know oh, what? Okay. You know what had happened, and and it's the same thing that happened last time. I was pushing too hard on the trip. I was pushing too hard on the event. I was still writing the keynote and trying to practice it. And then I was around a lot of people, and I, it was I, my 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 uh, HRV had dropped to like thirty one. It's maybe the lowest HRV I've ever recorded, and I knew when I got down there. Uh, you're just more susceptible. And and then I was around a bunch of people and shook a thousand hands and um, I, I just picked something up. But again, I, I didn't take anything. Yeah. I just I just let my immune system fight it. Yeah, we we have you know, a few people that's been uh feeling like you've been explaining, you know, um these pneumonia one of them and um and they've been hanging around for, for almost a month and someone else with crud for a month and but uh and then hey didn't you say one time when, before you even left uh you, you, all of a sudden you had joint pain and you couldn't figure out what it was like way back you know before you even left for the trip uh, i could have sworn one time you said yeah i woke i had joint pain maybe uh, but if you did i, I was just remember. thinking i remember yeah 
okay, maybe it was, I was thinking, oh, maybe he started eating a lot of eggs, you know, I, because you had the chickens and he maybe ate more eggs than normal. I don't know. It was just a thought. But Oh, I've been eating uh, a, a ton of eggs, and, and it was in the beginning. It was oh, okay. because of the chickens. They, they were really good eggs, and they were there, so I was eating them. And I've continued that on this trip, but I, I ran out of our eggs, and I've just been eating. You know, I still get, like, Vital Farms or, you know, really well-raised yeah. pastured eggs, but I'm, I'm still eating a lot of them, so I don't think that's the issue. I was just... I was just that- just a thought. Yeah. Oh man, I'm not asking them that. <laughs> what? Oh, so real quick, Kevin. So we paid thirty dollars uh, for a year. You know the the, the old the, the you know for the uh, the tribe. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty dollars for the year, whatever we prepaid. So, and if we don't do the courses now, you know, at this time, what's the what's the nine or the seven, whatever this adds or it adds up to twelve. What's What's that one? You know, um, well, with the with the three dollar a month subscription or thirty dollars a year, you don't get the courses. Yeah. With the twelve dollars, okay, so you do. You get now, all every course we have. They're all in the tribe site okay. now, and you get access to all of them. Okay. So do I add it, to, or do yes. I wait till my the, the no, thirty? You, you know, my yearly's up, or what? No, just if you can't figure it out online, sometimes it's a little confusing. Just call, call Tribe Care; they'll get you fixed up. Yeah. Okay. She's gonna send me an email. She said. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll look. Yeah, they'll we'll take care through. of it. Okay. Okay, I'll let you get to another call. All right. Thanks for the call. All right, we got a, a two for here, Terrence. What's up? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? I heard Brandy saying that. So I was, the, what I do with mine in my pickup truck, I, obviously I don't put it in my com- the company truck I drive because you know, yeah. I ain't wasting that money. Yeah. But I have it in my Dodge Ram pickup. I put it in a mason jar, like a regular court one. I put a, I take a koozie, which you can get everywhere. Anyone's giving them away. I put a slip of koozie over the outside of it so I don't got to worry about it breaking. And I have a syringe. But even if you don't have a syringe... The mason jar is good for two reasons, because it's going to seal it better, and if the and if the, if it stops sealing, you just bring an extra ring with you. Right. And you don't have, you know, you, right. there's disposable of those rings, and you just throw it out, and it won't leak. I, I mean, like I said, I keep it in the back of my pickup. I got a little bin on this by the, the one back door, and I don't smell it. So it's, she, she's using a jelly jar. They're, they're really not designed to, to seal back up completely. They're, you know, they just were originally vacuum-packed, and then they just cover it up when you put it back in the refrigerator. So yeah, it's like, really not a, a tight seal on the, on the jelly jar, you know? Yeah, like I said, I just leave the catalyst in its original <laughs> container, and then I have a pint wide mouth mason jar, and I don't even have a lid for it. Because all I do, I put the lines on there, because I fuel about the same way every time. I just pour the catalyst to the line, dump it in the tank, rinse it or wipe it out, st- and then I have a, a, a big rag that I just stuff down in that jar. I don't even put a lid on it. I never smell anything. Yes, he would like mine. I have to, my pickup's got that little spout, you know, those, uh, capless, oh, yeah. uh, right. things. So I got, I need, I need to stick, I need a syringe cause I got to stick that stupid yeah. fill cap uh, thing in there, but it worked. Right. And then the, uh, the other thing with the, the, the dude with the, uh, heartburn now, obviously what's been going on with me, I slacked a little bit and. I, to me, it's it's, it's that, I found out it was stuff I was eating, and if you you know you and we've you've gone over this before, you know, and 
And people say, oh, I'm kind of. The minute I hear someone say kind of, right. it's like triggered. That's why I really called in because it, it tri- I, I mean, I've listened so long and I saw a lot of other people. I can not saying he's lying, you know what I mean? But I, it, there's something to me, it sounds like there's something he's not telling you. You know, like say, like beer. You could be drinking beer and no one's going to go out and say, oh, I drink a six pack on the week. Well, you know what? That's what does it to me. That's what brings back my acid reflux. It, it, it's so a- I think there's more. He's, if he's chilling. I think you're if right. If he wants to truly, he's truly got to do a, got right. to do a real thing. He says he's taking pictures. Well, I'm not saying he's lying. I just, it sounds to me like there's something he doesn't think is, you know, he thinks is normal. Like, oh, I eat good. I mean, all it takes is, is one bun, a roll or something like that. And, and it, it'll mess with you. You got, you got enough to what you, it'll, you know what it, I mean? It, it, it's exact. You are exactly right. It's why we have the coaching program. There's no way I can figure that kind of stuff out on the radio show. It's just not going to happen. But if I can yep, get enough yep. history, if I can question somebody enough and I've got more time, and, and I think you're on the right track with him. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Like the other two callers, I did not recommend group coaching. I, they need to go to a doctor. There's something wrong and something we're probably not going to find in the group coaching. This case is the exact opposite. I, I don't think this case is going to be hard at all. No, like I said, I'm because I was on those PPR, but I don't. When I had mine, they they put they they say, oh, just take it. And I was like, I read the bottle, and I was like, seven days and stop, and then I right. Then it was oh, well, take it as needed. It's like bull, you know. And once I figured out, well, it's something else, you know what I mean? I, I then I started listening to you and changed my diet, and, and then boom, you know, went away. It came back every now and then, but that was just based on food. What I did too, what I found out, which was expensive, but you know what? I learned a lot was when I took that the uh, food allergy test. It was expensive. Don't get me wrong, but it it told me a lot. It said a lot about what I was allergic to, stuff that was you know, you know, inflammatory to the body for me. Yeah. And it helped me out a lot. So I just looked those things over and said, hey, you know what? I, I should be eating that. And it, it helped me out a bunch. Yeah. So I'll yeah, let someone it, else get in there. But, all right. Good stuff. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks for the heads up. Uh, we've got one more call coming in. I'll hang out for that one. I've got some more time. So if you want to jump in, now would be the time. 855-950-3835. Uh, rest of the week, pretty normal schedule. Tomorrow should be a free-for-all. I haven't heard about rolling toe yet, but I think it's on. Uh, Friday should be uh, technology and efficiency. I had considered doing uh, space this week. It doesn't look like I'm going to get to it. Um, maybe tomorrow. I just thought about that. Um, I've been going over after the show every afternoon and spending um, the rest of the workday at NASTIC. Uh kind of scheduled into each one of their departments to kind of learn much more about their programs and what they do. And we're working on some ideas, but tomorrow I'm not going to be doing that. I'll be going there this afternoon and again Friday, I think, but tomorrow I won't. So maybe, maybe I'll do uh, space tomorrow. We'll see. Let's, uh, let's go to Ohio. Herschel, welcome. Yeah, I was shooting the breeze with Chelsea, man. She had to let me go because you was coming on. Yeah, of course. That's the whole point. You're, you don't call the show to talk to the call screener. You'd call to talk to me. Oh, well, she said it was cold at the farm. I said, we'll just have a bunch of them elk come into the living room and stand in between them. They'll keep you warm. Just put pool noodles on the antlers so they don't stab you. 
And, <laughs> and then if you get hungry, dinner's right there in your living room. That's true. Just carve off a hunk and you're ready to go. That's right. <laughs> um, cardio miracle. Yes. Now, I know I, try, I tried that before and it was, oh, I just couldn't do the taste of it. But what I'm curious of, I was looking at that stuff and it listed L-carnitine. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. It's an amino acid. Okay. Well, Dr. Jack, his doctor girl had me to try some L-carnitine. And I would have to look at the bottle to tell you the dosage because I don't remember. I just took one, and she said, take one twice a day. I took one. Kevin, that stuff, oh, my God. My chest felt like I had a balloon in there. Somebody was blowing it up with helium trying to press me out. And my skin actually felt like it was crawling. So I said, I'm not going to do that. I tried without it a few days, tried it again. It did that again and made me kind of very weird feeling. You ever heard of that from L-carnitine? No, but I've got to correct myself. I was wrong. L-carnitine is not an amino acid. I don't know why I thought it was. Um, I don't know what it is. All I know is it's a supplement. Yeah, it's not a, I thought it was an amino acid, but it's not. It is a, uh, it actually helps the body convert fat into energy primarily for the brain and heart. That's why it is a cardio supplement. That's why Dr. Wolfson would recommend it. Cardio Miracle is a cardio supplement. So it's got a lot of those compounds that we know help with cardiovascular health. So, but you could get all kinds of reactions. It sounds to me like um, maybe you were not at all deficient in L-carnitine and too much of it almost sounds like you were getting kind of an amphetamine effect from it. Well, and that's exactly what I thought when that happened. I told uh, Dr. Jack's girl that I've been talking to, I said, I have never taken speed in my life, but it has to feel something like that. That's what it sounded like to me. That was. Yeah. So now, and the more I think back on the cardio miracle of yours, it kind of did that kind of a feeling to me as well. And I bet you it's that L-carnitine that was doing it. Well, if we think of what it does, it helps our body convert fat to energy, primarily for the brain and heart. So you, you could have gotten like a racing heart, some racing thoughts. Um, it might have acted like cam- caffeine or an amphetamine. Well, remember how I told you one of my symptoms was a strange, hollow feeling in my chest. Right. It was really weird. And then I would feel my heartbeat. And it wasn't radical heartbeat or anything, but you could feel it. Now, what is that all about? Well, I started seeing Doc Singer, uh, the naturopath that I went to a few years ago. She's been working on me for my hiatal hernia that she actually found. I didn't even uh, know I had it. And so all right, she's I have been to, working on me with that massage. I have to correct myself again. Go ahead. I, I, should, I should have known okay. better than to just glance at WebMD for something. L-carnitine is an amino acid. I thought it was. Okay. So she's been working on that hiatal. And when she worked on it the first time, it felt like my chest burped. It didn't come out the way a typical burp does, but it was in the chest. That's what it sounded like. Okay. And I said, what is that? And she said, said, that was your stomach coming out of your diaphragm. We just got it out. I said, really? She said, oh, yeah. So yesterday, she's worked on me a couple of times. Yesterday, I'm getting a picking up a junky container, and those damn dollies are so bad yeah. that you literally, I'm 240 pounds now. 
and you can hang on the handle and you can't turn it. It's ridiculous. That's bad. So I'm trying to get this thing. Yeah, I'm trying to get this thing to crank up. And all of a sudden, Kevin, I felt this feeling right in my chest at the bottom of your breastbone. I, whoa. I think that hiatal hernia just popped itself out. So Might now have. I don't have that hollow feeling in my anymore. I finally got it to pop out, I think. I oh, think that good. was at the root of everything for the last year is that hiatal hernia. I really do. I think that's been at the root of the whole thing. Might have been. Interesting. Have you ever have you ever heard of a hiatal giving you headache effects? I, I could see it causing all kinds of weird symptoms. Yeah. No, I, I could see a hiatal hernia yeah. causing all kinds of weird effects. When you say back in the day when you first started, you used to say to drink a shot of apple cider vinegar, but put it in some water because the acid will destroy your teeth. How much apple cider vinegar does it take to be effective? Because I've been getting a little bit of heartburn feel, not a lot and not all the time, just every once in a while. So I thought, well, maybe I'll take some apple cider vinegar to maybe build up the stomach acid a little bit. So... I put apple cider vinegar in my cardio every day. I'm drinking one right now because it's too sweet and the apple cider vinegar really cuts that sweetness. And then I really enjoy the taste. I mean, I, I look forward to it now and I know the apple cider vinegar is also good for me. I probably, I don't measure it. Um, my guess is I put two tablespoons in a serving a cardio miracle. The way I would do it in your case is I would take one tablespoon diluted in just enough water to get it down, just so it doesn't feel like it's burning. Okay. How often in a day's time, you suppose? Oh, you could do two or three a day. Okay. Yeah, I've got the good stuff, the brags. It's got the mother in it. It's not that Heinz garbage. You know, um, I just read something about brags the other day, and I've been buying brags forever because it's the most common. Um, somebody who did somebody just somebody weird just bought Bragg's and I almost want to say that Bill Gates might've had something to do with it. I'm going to look it up real quick because oh, I, no. I, I have a note somewhere to check this, but I, I just had to get some cause I ran out and I made sure not to get Bragg's just, just in case, uh, Oh, Bragg. Well, if it's him, now you'll have to have Norton antivirus because of the damn Microsoft to buy your apple cider vinegar. Yeah, so here, here's the article, and this just sounded so odd to me. Uh, Bragg Live Food Products announced that the company has been acquired by an investor group led by a private equity firm, Swander Pace Capital, um, and co-investors... Katy Perry and actor Orlando Bloom. Why are they buying a live food company? That, that just worries me. I don't tr trust celebrities. They have more money than they have brains half the time. So uh, that kind of bothered me enough. This was a small family-run company forever. And now that some big investor group with a bunch of celebrities bought it, I'll move on. I bought Sprout's um, store brand the other day. Wow. Well, I know you're not a movie guy, but since you're in the coach and you have time to kill sometimes, I watched one last night called 55 Steps. Hillary Swank is the lawyer, and it's a true story. And this lady was in a mental hospital, and she 
wanted somebody to sue the hospital. They're giving me medication I don't need. And this woman had kept records of every dose over years and years of different meds, how much, how it made her feel, what it did to her, everything. And the suit went so far that it actually changed the law around giving medications in a mental hospital, it was really good. Wow, that sounds it's a interesting. Story. It, it yeah, was good. it was a, it was a good movie. It really was. It was good. Yeah, that, I know you're not a movie guy. But I know yeah, that. It's that, that one sounds good though. I, I just, you know, big investor yeah. groups, celebrities. Yeah, I, I'd rather not. You know, um, I, I'll just move on. There are other brands. The the interesting part was once. Hillary Swank, the lawyer, got her out of the mental hospital, got her released, and she went to her own place. I mean, yeah, she was eccentric, and she was a little different than anybody you might, you know what I mean. She wasn't bad at all. The woman was perfectly functional. She really was. I mean, she had different ways of looking at stuff, but so what? We all do. She was perfectly, and in there, all this shit was awful. The stuff they were doing to her, oh, my God. Yeah. You ought to watch that, or maybe there's a book. I don't know. I'll check. There's a book. I'll read it. But now I should probably watch the movie. My book All list right. is getting so big, I'm never going to finish it. <laughs> You're going to have to have a three-year RV trip and leave right. your cell phone at home. I know. <laughs> I, and I really thought that uh, I was going to get a lot of reading done on this trip, and unfortunately, I haven't. Um, Got to cut you loose. We're going to get to... Uh, another call. I've got a little bit of time left. I am going to wrap this up in about 15 minutes or when I run out of calls. So still an opportunity if you want to jump in 855-950-3835. Ah, we're going to go back home to Oregon. Greg, welcome. Hi, Kevin. Hey, uh, I'm kind of new to your channel. Just wanted to call and let you know, I'm really interested in a uh, keto diet right now. Okay. Um, and you be the man at Hopkins. I happen to be listening uh, to a gentleman by the name of Andrew Huberman out of Stanford yesterday on a, uh, on a blog. And he had a guest by the name of uh, Chris Palmer, who is a shrink out of, um, out of Harvard, actually. And... But he was talking about, or they were talking about, um, keto diet and brain health. And um, pretty interesting to me. I I don't know. It seems like all roads, you've been talking about, I've been getting interested. All roads seem to me to be pointing to keto or carnivore diet. And I mean, my I've got some pretty substantial health problems. I'm in my 60s. And okay. my wife, who's... 11 years younger than me has a lot. She's got, you know, high blood pressure and she's on. Okay. Trying to get her um, sugars under, under um, control and everything. It's not, not much working. So we're looking at changes. So let me, let me try to get. I don't know if you talk, if you know anything about that. Do I know anything about what? Well, Chris Palmer and the keto diet. And uh, Um, I'm really looking at uh, working working the keto diet into my family and I'm just trying to get your your uh yeah do so, you know anything about Andrew yep. Huberman and Chris Palmer and all he's got a, a new book about brain health and keto diet. I've read Chris Palmer's book on brain energy. I absolutely loved it. So I'm familiar with Chris yeah. Palmer. Andrew Huberman, it's interesting that you bring him up today because for the last three days he keeps popping up. 
Like, I don't remember hearing the name before. It sounds vaguely familiar. I know nothing about him. Um, but in the last three days, he just keeps popping up. And I saw something earlier, a post on Twitter, and it said, um, you'd be far better off listening to uh, Sean Baker, who is a big carnivore doctor, than you would Andrew Huberman. So I know nothing about him other than all of a sudden I've been hearing about him. And then you bring him up. So I, I don't know. But I can absolutely... Huberman, help you with a the neurologist. He's just he's a science a science guy trying to get science information to the public. That's all he's about. Okay. He's a professor right. out of Stanford Does, trying to get science to the public. That's really what did, he's about. Did he sound like he was in favor of the keto diet or not? Oh, certainly. Uh, yeah, Chris Palmer is in favor, and and that's what it was about. It was oh, about okay. Uh, okay. Chris, Chris Palmer's studies and such. With all so, the new research that's coming down, I mean, you're talking about keto working for um, alcohol uh, alcoholism, yes. which they yep. call alcohol something disorder. Use, um, use I, disorder. I alcohol use disorder and things like that. Right. Yeah, right. So, so really interesting stuff. So. Yeah, so let me give you some history. I'm very, very well-versed in the keto diet. I've been using and recommending keto diets for uh, nine years now. We developed our own version of keto, which we call NDK, nutrient-dense keto. Um, In the last couple of years, I've kind of really merged um, keto and carnivore. You could either call it a a high-protein keto diet or a high-fat carnivore diet. They're very similar. Um, I've just been leaning more and more animal-heavy on keto, Uh, so a lot of fatty meat, a lot of eggs. Um, Here's the thing. One of the first uses of a ketogenic diet, a, a medical use of a ketogenic diet, was for children right. in, in the early 20s and 30s that had seizure disorders so bad that drugs didn't have, well, didn't have a lot of drugs then. Uh, nothing really helped these kids, and they wouldn't develop. They were having so many seizures in a day that they weren't developing speech or anything else. It was severe. They found that just mm-hmm. putting them on a ketogenic diet. Now, theirs was a calorie-restricted ketogenic diet as well. So it was including both keto and fasting, and the results were pretty incredible. They cured these kids. Their their seizure disorders virtually went away completely. And that was the treatment for uh, epilepsy and seizure disorders until Big Pharma started developing drugs that would stop the seizures. And then they people stopped eating keto for this. Um, it has made a comeback because a lot of those drugs are no longer effective. They were effective. We've overused them. They're not effective anymore. And they really didn't fix anything. They just took care of symptoms, which is what mostly all drugs do. Um, the reason that I really believe in this way of eating And if you read enough books, you're going to think, wait a minute, this is too good to be true. How does this diet fix diabetes, metabolic syndrome, heart disease, kidney disease, liver disease, arthritis, autoimmune conditions? And now we even have evidence that it fixes all the brain issues. 
And at, at a, you might look at that and go, well, well, that can't be. That sounds too good to be true. But all we have to do is go back and look. One, we could look at the animal world. Wild animals don't get these diseases. Wild animals live their life mostly healthy until something kills them and they die. Wild animals don't get cavities. So why do we as humans, why do we have all these diseases? Well, we never used to. When we lived as hunter-gatherers, we didn't have cavities. We didn't lose teeth. We didn't have heart attacks. We didn't have cancer. We didn't have diabetes. And hunter-gatherers eat a very, very meat-heavy diet. Very few plants in, as long as there were animals around, humans did not eat plants. Most plants are, are barely edible, honestly. Um, you know, we've hybridized them over the years, so they're slightly more palatable. But I, I know very few people who would rather eat broccoli than steak. It's not human food. I, I, I believe that plants are probably better used as medicine, if you know what you're doing. And our diet should be primarily sure. animal products. And, and when you eat that way, it is shocking how many things get better, improve, and how many bad things just go away. I appreciate the, the feedback. I, I really want you to know, I, I've really enjoyed listening to you. I'm kind of a newbie. I've only been driving for about a year now, but I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And, well, good. Thank you. Uh, your show has been an absolute uh, breath of fresh air amongst the smog, as I would say. <laughs> good. Thank you. So I, I appreciate I appreciate all you're doing. and. Uh, Keep, and, keep on trucking, as they say, huh? There you go. Anything, Not too many people say it, that anymore. That's an old, that's an old, that's an old, that's yeah, yeah, well, that, that's, um, that's right up my alley. I remember the guy with the big, long leg, right? Keep on trucking. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anything else I can help you with on, on keto or carnivore? Or? No, you know, I just, like I say, I'm kind of investigating and, and I'm kind of slow. I, I move pretty slow on things like that. Um, but you know what? You've, been, you've pushed me a long way uh, down the path and I just let, need to pick me, up the tools that you've given me and uh, start using them. Let me give you a challenge. Okay. Today's Wednesday, Destination Health Day. Um, I understand why we kind of hesitate and move slow on something this monumental. We've eaten a certain way for five decades plus, And to think about just eliminating all those foods we've been eating all this time and eat nothing but meat, fish and eggs, maybe some dairy. That sounds pretty radical. And and I will tell you. If you want to be healthy, that is the way you have to eat the rest of your life. This isn't a temporary thing to lose some weight and then you go back to eating the standard American diet. This is the way, if you want to be healthy, this is the way you have to eat the rest of your life. That can be pretty monumental to think about. It's kind of scary. So just try this. I, I don't think anybody would really have a big problem doing this. What I want you to do is eat as carnivore as possible for the next seven days and call me on Wednesday of next week. Well, I'll, I'll try that, Kevin. I will. Give it a I've, shot. I've actually kind of started down that road. I have some real serious addictions to sugar, oh, however. Uh, that, is <laughs> you know? the, that is the one thing that will make it difficult. I'll give you a couple of tricks. Um, make sure you stay very hydrated. 
and you use a lot of good salt. So like a Redmond salt, a good a pink Himalayan sea salt. Use lots of it. Yeah, we've got the Himalayan. I, well, I, at one point in my, uh, in my history, I was a chef, so I have been using good salt for oh, good. a long time, actually. Good. None and, of that certain stuff. Yeah, and, and you then, as a chef, you know meat holds up very, very well to salt. We can salt meat heavily, and oh, it really? tastes better. So salt your food heavily. Get plenty of good, clean water and double up on the fat if you start craving sugar. Like one of the tricks I used early on, and I know this just freaks people out. One of the tricks I used early on, if I was craving something sweet, I would eat butter. Oh, I remember hearing that yesterday, actually. I was listening yeah. to you say that. Yeah. Taking like a bite of butter. Yeah. I would just take a stick of butter and take a big bite of it. And if I wanted it, and actually it's pretty darn good, especially salted butter. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't hard to eat at all. And that tended to take away my craving. Well, I've got a cut up steak in my cooler this morning. so <laughs> That always works. Well, I'll try that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had anything all day though. I didn't even have my normal donut in the morning. Oh well, good, good. My 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 morning meal, if you can call it that, is um, four tablespoons of fat in my coffee. Oh wow! Two two tablespoons. No, no sweetener at all, huh? No sweetener. Two <laughs> tablespoons of butter. Two tablespoons of coconut oil and um, a, a salty. Um, mineral supplement, just a liquid mineral supplement that's just really salty, so it, it helps the flavor with all that fat in there. It's the best coffee you'll ever have. I put in a little cinnamon, some vitamin D drops. It's kind of a functional drink. Um, but w with that much fat, I don't even think about eating until about eh, right now. Uh, when I get off the show here in a couple minutes, I'll probably eat a, uh, I think I've got a ribeye cooked in there, so I'll probably eat a steak and a couple eggs. Well, you know, I, I would I want to say drive safe coming back out. Um, you know, we want you to arrive safely out here and good your Pacific Northwest. And I appreciate you. I'm going to try what you're asking me and uh, yeah. driving down the road. So either way, call me next Wednesday. I will, Kevin. All right. Thank you for, very much for your time. I'll look forward All to right. it. And it was good to hear from Oregon. I can't wait to get back there. Let's, um, I think this is going to be our final call of the day. I think I'm going to turn the phone lines off. It's one o'clock. We've been at this for three hours now. So, uh, Larry, looks like you get the final word. Hello. Yes. What can I help you with today? Hey, Kevin, good to hear from you. Thanks for all you do. I've been listening to your show for several years now. Um, just back in July, I kind of made the decision I needed to, to get healthier and get back to healthy weight and to get metabolically healthy. Um, good. So I uh, started eating a lot of paleo stuff. And uh, here recently, the last couple of months, I've been reading a lot of books. Um, I know that you read 100 books before you ever started teaching. Yes. And uh, I, I would like to do the same thing. Um, but uh, I do have one um, book that I'd like to share with you. Have you ever heard of Eat Meat and Stop Jogging? No. It's by Mike Sheridan. Very good book. Eat Meat, Stop Jogging. 
Mike Sheridan, a um, lot of really, really good information. That's the last book I read. He has a follow-up. It's called Live It, Not Diet. Ah, I'd like, boy, really, that's, really a, good information. that's a clever play on words. And the idea of his other yeah. book title, Eat Meat and Stop Jogging, um, kind of fits with a lot of yeah. what we always talk about. We, you know, certainly we're promoting carnivore and the – one of the books I read that shocked me because I was, you know, used to own a gym and the title of the book was weightlifting is a waste of time and so is cardio. Um, so I, I don't do any exactly. of those things anymore. I do some high intensity resistance training and cardio for me is just being more active. Yeah, I just got me a resistance band uh, gym last week and I've been starting all that. Good. Um, it's not the one you suggest, but I can't afford that one right now. I'm well, just right. kind of getting into this. I'm 63, 63, just getting back into walking. And uh, the, the, about a couple of months ago, I started experiencing some AFib. And I have a question about that. I've read Dr. Uh, Wilson's book about AFib and a bunch of others about how to uh, cure AFib, the AFib cure, and a couple of others. Watch a bunch of videos on it. One thing I've never heard is can EMFs affect our heart and our, the uh, frequency of our heart? I can't tell you for sure. You um, the, the EMF is my next project to kind of do a deep dive into and read as much literature as I can find. It's not going to happen uh, at least till I get back. It's probably not going to happen until January. Um, but that is my next project to dive into. But just off the top of my head, our our heart runs off of electricity. Our whole body does. Um, yeah, so, so I have to believe EMFs would affect it and not in a good way. Exactly. Yeah, so um, my, I just moved from one place to another. Yeah, my project is going yeah, to be to, to understand EMFs, understand how and and you know how severely they are affecting us, and then develop ways to minimize that. We can't avoid it. Um, you'd have to go find some deserted <laughs> island out in the middle of the ocean to avoid EMFs in today's world, but we can certainly minimize it. You know, simple things like I, I don't carry your phone around in your pocket. Um, or put it on, you know, right. turn it off if you're going to carry it around or, or put it on airplane mode or, or whatever. Um, I, there's lots of things we could do to mitigate it. We're never going to eliminate it. Um, but I, I'm going to do a, a deep dive and come up with a protocol and, you know, like I've done on other things in the past. Yeah, that's something you can check into because uh, you know I have two cell phone cell phone towers probably within a half a mile of, of myself. Um, at night, I do uh, turn off my router. I put my phone in another room. And that's all good room stuff. Completely dark, so I sleep better. Yep. That, and um, I'm still battling with and irregular heartbeats, uh, and I want to eliminate it naturally and not have, ever have to go to the doctor. You know, I will if I have to. It's an emergency. But um, I'm doing all I can as far as diet and exercising. Um, I do walk a lot. And one thing about it is I, I take my phone with me so I can listen to you while I'm walking. Well, thank you. appreciate that. Um, you yeah. know, I, I, I think you're yeah, on the right track. Of, I, 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 yeah, I think you're going to see improvements. You may just beat the AFib completely yourself. If not at some point, um you know, I would reach out to Dr. Wolfson on a consult on that, but I think you're on the right track. 
Okay, okay. One last thing quickly. I've noticed a lot of these books that I've that I read, been reading. Some of them talk about having cheat days or having a way to cheat and stuff like that. But I have found out when somebody makes that switch in their brain, they cross over and they don't go back to that same way of thinking, that same lifestyle. Yeah. I want to, I want to coin that phrase cross over because I can tell like you have crossed over. I know that I've crossed over because I don't have any desire for any, any of those things ever again. Because I know I can see how they affect my body. There is something there, crossover, some phenomenon where where you do, crossing a line seems like a good way to explain it, that I, I have no, you know, I don't like to use words like never or always, or, but I can't imagine why I would ever go back to eating that kind of food again. I, I just, I, I, I can't see anything that would ever cause me to eat like that again. All right. Well, again, thank you for all you do. And uh, I have, like I said, I've listened to you for years. I've taken a lot of advice from you. Uh, and most of it's panned out. It's, it's worked out great. Good. Good. About all kinds of devices and stuff that I use. I even, I even use the Muse. Oh, good. I even meditate good. with the Muse. Yeah. Excellent. And, and that's why. Although it's Bluetooth and you stick that on the air, I know. I don't know how good that is for you. But. I, I know, and I, <laughs> I, I will tell you this: um, I used the Muse for years. I think I had four of them altogether. Every time they upgraded, I bought a new one. Uh, I found enough benefits from it that I was willing to deal with the the EMFs, the Bluetooth. But I found something that I think is much, much better now. I haven't used my Muse in almost two years, I think. I could go back and look on my app, but it's been a long time. Um, What I found with a lot of testing, testing HRV, testing heart rate, testing stress levels, that Wim Hof breathing was far more powerful than meditating with the Muse. Right. And the Wim Hof breathing doesn't yeah, require well, me to strap anything electrical onto my head. Right, right. I actually have a device. Uh, it's called the Respirate. It helps oh, me yeah. to breathe. You yep. put a belt well, hold, hold on. Hold on. I'm very familiar with the Respirate, and I like it. Uh, it does actually move you into the um, rest and digest mode and lower stress, which lowers blood pressure. That's what the device was approved for, and it works. But I can tell you that Wim Hof breathing is even more powerful than that. You don't need the device. Well, I'll have to give it a try. I have been getting into a cold shower occasionally, especially when I go into AFib, because I've heard that that can get you out of AFib. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of shocking your heart a little bit. Try the, try, so you've got the respirate. Try, you see what the results are with that. Try Wim Hof breathing for a week and, and see if you don't get even better results. Okay, thank you. You are oh, welcome. Oh, you go get something. Oh, and on that, sorry, I'm going to wrap this up. We're uh, we're seven minutes over, which is fine, but um, I have a lot to get on with today. So I am going to get on to it. Thanks for all the calls. I'm glad I, uh, I pushed through at the beginning there. It was almost looking like we weren't going to have a show today. Um, I probably should work on some of these technical issues, but I uh, don't know if I'm going to get to it today. So... We'll see, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.